Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 17th, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening. It's a Friday night, Saturday morning program. Or maybe it's Monday night, uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, I don't know. Anyway, welcome to the best in live overnight talk radio. That's right, live, unscreen calls. It gets pretty wild in here, so buckle in for the ride. From the Tahitian and Hawaiian Islands, all the way out across flyover country, to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north all the way to Santa Country and the Pole, this is Coast to Coast AM. And I'm Art Bell. It's good to be here. We will do many strange and unusual things during the night tonight. It's going to be open lines. We may play a little truth or trash. I do that once every week or two, whether I need it or not. I'd like to welcome a new affiliate. 271 affiliates now. It is KAZM in, check it out folks, Sedona, Arizona. Chanting country. Mm, we'll uh, we'll ask them if <laughs> how they feel about that. Uh, 780 on the dial, same as KOH up in Reno, and uh, covers Sedona like a blanket. They will be with us for the entire program, and it will take them a while to figure out what we do here. It's a different kind of talk radio, that's for sure. Anyway, welcome to the network in Sedona, and. I want to take a second out to congratulate uh, the man who runs my web page, Keith Boland. I got a fax. Uh, actually, I got a ton of them. Uh, email earlier today. This one, Robin from Houston, Texas. Just wanted to take a second to congratulate all involved in the Art Bell web page. It appears that all the hard work going into the site is paying off. Guess what? You are now members of an elite class of websites that make up the top 5% of all sites on the Internet. This is not an easy task. I've been developing web pages for a long time and still have not been able to break into the top 5%. Keep up the good work and effort. Robin from Houston. Thank you, Robin. And uh, Keith Rowland is the guy who does the magic up there. I supply some photographs and uh, information as it comes in, but Keith Rowland is the magic behind that, and it is an honor to be named top 5%. It's kind of like going to the head of the class or something. There is a wealth of information on that page. Everything we talk about and uh, photographs of just about all the anomalous things we talk about and strange things and you name it, it's up there. Real ta uh, real audio. Uh, so you can listen to the program worldwide on the Internet, three different sites for that. And uh, it just keeps you right up with everything that's going on. So if you want to visit the award-winning webpage, <laughs> it is www.artbell.com. W www.artbell.com and I suggest you go take a look. Boy, is there a lot up there. Now, the news, such as it is, the Navy's top officer, Admiral Jeremy Borda, as you know, 
a suicide, said to be, and it is over apparently honor. Honor. This is the man, this is the man, the first man ever to come from enlisted ranks to the top job in the Navy. His friends, his associates are shocked and grieving, and there is a great debate underway. He received a burial with full military honors at Andrews Air Force Base. One of the notes that he left, he left two notes, and we know partially of the contents of one, he left to the enlisted ranks in the Navy. And he said he would end his life rather than allow controversy over his medals and any harm to come to the Navy. It involved two V medals that he wore, indicating combat in Vietnam. Uh, to wear the medals required a specific citation. And the part of this that I don't quite understand is that of the higher-level Navy people that NBC interviewed last night about all of this, they said, you know, he has a right to wear those medals. He had every right to wear them. Uh, there was an investigation underway by media publication. I think it was Newsweek. And um, he decided to end his life. That's really something to think about, isn't it? But uh, honor in the military is honor. And I don't know, in a strange kind of way, it's kind of nice to know there is still honor out there. Not nice to hear about a death, and frankly, not. I don't fully understand it because they inter the people they interviewed, perhaps not wanting to speak ill of the dead, I don't know, but they said he had won the right to wear those. So you're tempted to say, boy, there's got to be more. Did he really kill himself over just this? Anyway, there it is. The value jet crash continuing in the news, Flight 592. By now you know all about it. They're trying to put the pieces back together. So far, not many, and what they have is small, 4% of the airplane recovered. We may never know what happened. ValueJet has cut their schedule in half, causing havoc. The FAA says they are safe, and uh, you can continue to fly. The military is not, and now half their flights are canceled. It looks like there was an explosion and possibly fire, maybe not, Shortly after takeoff, most of that airplane is buried very deeply in the swamp as she went uh, nosing into that swamp and probably dug a hole. They may never get it. Another day of talks scheduled between the Freemen and the FBI with a Colorado senator acting as middleman. His comments after a couple of days of talks, much like not quite as dramatic as Bo Greitz, but he says they're a long way apart. And I'm getting a lot of uh, correspondence about the Freeman. Here's typical. The Freeman should have been overrun within the first few hours. Delay gives them control of the situation. If the Justice Department gives in to one demand, they'll not be satisfied. There will be more. 
there are no more uh, they're no more reliable than Hitler was regarding uh, his promises. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, there was one time, you'll recall, they promised to come out when the state of Montana said they'd drop charges. They did within 24 hours. And they initially said, oh, yes, celebrated. I think they thought that meant all charges would be dropped. Well, the answer to that is no. And I don't, I just, I hope that this does not end poorly. And I am willing to uh, interview anybody who can get to me from the Freemen and give them a fair shake here on the air. You know my general view about it. It is not favorable to the Freemen. With what I know, and I've, I've looked into this as carefully as I can, uh, they are lawbreakers. And I believe they are lawbreakers um, using the shield of the Patriot Movement uh, to hide behind, frankly, that's my view. However, uh, I'm more than willing to be fair and to give them an even shot as I would any guest I'd have on the program. And my guess would be they don't much like my tail end, but that's all right. They need not like me. They need only to understand that I give my guests a fair break and that this is the largest live overnight talk show in the country and beyond in the world. And if they want a fair shake, I promise them that. My attitude does not bear on my sense of professional conduct, and you know what that is with regard to guests. I like them to be able to say what they want to say, no matter where it goes, and no matter what eggs get broken along the way. I'll let them have their say. And I would do that you can be sure, with the Freeman. And I have had numerous debates on the topic. Okay, uh, other news uh, is something I want to talk to you about that we talked about yesterday morning, and I'm really serious about this. I am a gun advocate, a gun owner. I've owned guns all my life. I've trained with them. I've been to courses. Um, I qualified and carried a concealed weapon for six years, and I wouldn't be without guns. But there's something I want to say. Lately, I've noticed a trend among callers, and that is that they have begun to regard the gun first and the gun as the only protectorate of our freedoms. Well, it ain't so. The gun is our final protector of freedoms. A gun is our final resort in America. And toward that end, I thought it might be important, and we began to do it yesterday, and it occurred to me that it would make a very productive conversation to ask you what it is that makes us what we are. We are America. Who was it? Ronald Reagan said, you know, you can go to Japan or you can go to Germany, but you can never be a German and you can never be a Japanese. You can be there, but you can't be that. In America, you can come and you can be an American. 
So the gun is not the only guardian of our freedom. What we are and what we believe about our country, the liberty we have, the aggressiveness, uh, our aggressive nature, was it, I, it was Patton they were showing last night on NBC saying, Americans love to fight. Any good red-blooded American loves to have a go to war, to have a fight. That's aggressiveness. We traditionally have been a very independent group of people, rebellious. Yes, we're rebellious. Yes, we're fighters. Yes, we're violent. The rest of the world looks at America and uh, thinks of it as the Wild West. And compared to the rest of the world, it is. But it is part of what we are. We're inventive. We're entrepreneurs. We're not like the Japanese. Much as I like the Japanese, they're worker bees. They're almost a central consciousness. They are so homogenous. We are not. We're divergent. We're fighters. We get on here on the radio and we tear into each other six ways from Sunday. So... You know, we're a lot of things. Americans are a lot of things. And those things are not just protected by a gun. The gun is the last resort. What we are is protected by who we are. And if we lose our way, we'll lose our country. And I'll tell you something. If we lose who we are, we're not going to be able to get it back with guns. Are you following me here? The guns are a protection ultimately against a government gone wild, a suddenly oppressive government that would take our freedoms and our liberties, truly take them, some sort of police state. Then, yes, to hell with them at that point. You grab a gun and you change it. That is not arguably what we have now, despite Freeman claims and other things. That is not what we have now. We have freedom of travel. First Amendment is alive and well. Uh, even the right to privacy, though infringed to some degree by the various wars we have underway, drugs and the rest of them, still basically intact. Trial by jury, still, still available. If you need it, boy, if you need it, you really need it. So, I've noticed a trend of people beginning to suggest that uh, the gun is the only avenue to freedom. Well, it's not. It's the final avenue, and what really, in my opinion, makes America sovereign and free, it's us. Us. And if we change uh, beyond deserving this, then we're going to lose it. I hope that I'm making some sense to you. Listen, coming up Sunday, this coming Sunday, on Dreamland, Brad Steiger and Sherry Steiger. You know who Brad Steiger is. If you don't, you should listen in and find out. Uh, he is a remarkably brilliant fellow. Sherry is, I am told, brilliant as well as beautiful. 
And they'll be here talking about many things, including animal intelligence and the nature of animals. It should be a remarkable, interesting program. That's coming up this uh, Sunday on Dreamland. Brad Steiger has written well over 200 books. He should be known to you. We are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour, and then we're going to come back and open the lines. And you can talk about anything you want to talk about. And uh, if I find get in the mood we may do a little truth or trash plus oh yes i want to hear from somebody in sedona tonight so if you can get through if you're in sedona and you can get through i want to talk to you i've always wanted to talk to the people of sedona and find out if it's really a magical place chupacabra update right after the break this is premier networks that was art bell hosting coast to coast am on this Somewhere in Time. the 17th of May, 1996. Morning, all. It's good to be here. It'll be open lines, and we'll do whatever it is that uh, that you guys want to do. How's that? Dear Art, CBS News, at the top of the hour, is quoting Bo Greitz as saying, four leaders of the Freemen are forcing people, did you hear me? Forcing people to stay at the compound against their will, including women and children. Other militias should think twice about people uh, people they are considering going to war for. These men sound like thugs to me. Think people. Debbie in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, I cannot confirm that story. But if it is true, it sure as hell puts a different light on things, doesn't it? So CBS News reporting that uh, many of those inside are virtual hostages. I would imagine that would, uh, if true, certainly affect many of you, uh, you and your thinking as well. It does put a different light on it, doesn't it? tell you who it is yet, and don't make me tell you, um, beginning shortly, we're going to be on a new affiliate, a monster affiliate, in Cleveland, Ohio. That's all I can say. That's all they'll let me say. They said, you can say it's a monster, but you can't say who it is. <laughs> eh, secret, secret, secrets. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art Bell. How you doing? I am very, very, very happy. Gosh, did I just meet Paul McCartney by getting on the air with Art Bell? <laughs> well, I am so amazed. Anyway, on the business, there are earthquakes and stuff in yes. Seattle. I'm in Seattle. Brian from Seattle is my name. Uh-huh. 
I just uh, recently moved to a different part of Seattle. So I that must be a hard name. I had a Brian name. from Seattle. Yeah, BFS. Is the is the from, BFS? Yes, is the is the from Seattle part uh, one word or two? BFS. Anyway, on to the uh, the issue at hand. Yes. Um, there's this guy on Public Access uh, Channel 29 in Seattle doing a show about earth changes. Really? Yeah, it's amazing, and he mentions you all the time. Does he? He says, tune in to, uh, you know, and he got it wrong because he, he said Como. Well, I'm on Como. I know, but not now. You're well, on KVI for two hours. Well, I believe... Did, 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 did they change that again? No, I don't think so. I, I think... It's still the two-hour thing on KVI. And then, and then, and then Como is the most amazing thing. That's been going on now for, what do you figure, a better part a of a year? Yeah. I don't know, a year or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, back to business. Uh, Earth changes and... Uh, to me, you know, what it comes down to is basically um, um, kind of a magnetic repulsion, I think. Huh? Magnetic repulsion of uh, negative human energy that was planted really by an enemy, you know, 6,000 years ago. You're saying we are doing it? Well, the snakes that live within us are doing it, you might say. Hmm. Well, as I think Gordon Michael Stallion says, as we treat each other. I think we, uh, oh, thank as we you. treat I, each other so the uh, earth treats us and yes. so God judges us. Yes, I don't, uh, I don't rule that out. Thank you. Uh, the snakes within us. Arguably, there are more snakes within us now than there were. And I don't dismiss totally the concept that uh, our behavior is affecting our environment. That's really a pretty good bet, isn't it? I don't know that I fully go for Earth is mother, Earth is alive, Earth is an entity, and so forth and so on, but I think there is a force to nature uh, that tends to be uh, corrective. And if there is an irritant, something that is tossing things utterly out of balance, eventually nature concocts a way to uh, return balance. Now, it may be more cerebral than that. Uh, it may be more into the paranormal than that, but I, I don't go farther than that myself. I just think there is a natural balance to things, and when they get out of balance, eventually nature in some manner acts to correct that balance. I don't think that's an outrageous view at all. It doesn't quite embrace the Mother Earth is alive, folks, um, but it does not rule out um, a force of nature, and I, I believe that clearly exists. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Um, yes, I got a question for you, Art. All right. Um, what do you think about your competition, like Rush Limbaugh, um, Don Imish, Howard Stern, Mark and Brian, those various people? Um, for the most part, uh, they're not competition. Why not? Well, because uh, in order to be competitive, they've got to really be on at the same time. Well, in a, in a way, you're your competition, you, you know. They're like your... Uh... Look, um, my attitude about talk radio is the more the merrier. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I really feel that way. So I, I don't... Uh, you, you will not find, with, an, with a, an occasional exception, I mean, there have been a couple of them that have taken after me. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't pay attention uh, to what they're doing because I do a different kind of talk radio. Yeah, yours is more like a, a mellow kind of thing. Well, I don't know. Sometimes it's not so mellow. Sometimes they're big fights. But what I mean is they spend, the people you named, excepting Howard perhaps, uh, 
uh, spend a lot of time on politics. Yeah. And I'll do politics when it's hot. But when it's not, there's other stuff, you know, to do. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael, I guess. Uh, listen, I promised, check this out. Doc Berry, liberal Doc Berry, uh, down in Phoenix, sent me a fax uh, today that says the following. Check this out. Dear Art, this morning's Arizona Republic, that's the big paper down there, had banner front page headlines in fully uh, one-inch type that said Chupacabra Mania Sweeps Mexico. Included in the feature story was a four-color map of Mexico. So the Chupacabra was the headline, banner headline, in the Arizona Republic all of a sudden. Now, what do you think about that? It's beginning to hit the mainstream press. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Oh, hey, Art. Uh, this is John from uh, John from uh, Milwaukee. Let me uh, turn off my radio. Yeah, turn it off. That's right, John. First thing to do, everybody, turn it off before you begin to talk. And okay. see, he must have his across okay, the room we're or something. Uh, anyway, anything uh, about that uh, piece of metal that uh, was mailed to you? No, I'm waiting for... Um, two things. One is a written report uh, that tells us what Linda told us. You know, we got the initial report. Maybe you didn't hear it? No, no, no. Oh, that's not good. I know. I'm done as bad. Um, the other is, so we'll get a written report soon, and metallurgy work is being done on it now. So we'll have that report shortly. Okay. The reason I brought that up is uh, I think you said you don't think there would be any extra elements in the universe. Um, I, what I've said is, and I do generally agree, that the same elements are going to be found throughout the universe, yes. Okay, well, I kind of disagree with that. I, I figure inanimate, uh, products would be, uh, probably, uh, more spread out, uh, than, uh, life itself. Why? If, if, uh, there was a central, well, or, wait a minute, sir. If there was a central origin to matter, and most scientists agree on the Big Bang Theory, then why would there not be a central content to that matter? Well, I think we just missed some of the content. It's just like if you're panning for gold. You, every time you pan, every time you put uh, your pan in there, you don't always get gold, right? Right. Okay, well, I'm just saying maybe we missed that one element. Oh, it's, oh yeah, sure. It, yes, sir. It's uh, Thank you. It's possible, yes, of course, that uh, Earth's creation... Uh, did not contain all the elements of creation. Oh, yes, that's entirely possible. I'm just saying that as a general rule, if you follow the theory of the Big Bang, then generally you're going to find the same main elements, planet to planet, system to system. That's all. Uh, that's probably a good working hypothesis until somebody shows us it is wrong. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. 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 Let me turn off my radio. Yes, by all means. Okay. Uh, I just want to say I've been listening to you for four years. Four years, it, huh? Yeah. And this is my first time call. Well, I'm happy to have you. Uh, where are you? Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. All right. KC, KCNR. Yeah, and I'm kind of nervous. That's well, it'll, it'll pass. Okay. Uh, I, I do enjoy Dreamland very much. 
Well, uh, coming up this Sunday, Brad and Sherry Steiger. And who are they? Well, you don't know who Brad Steiger is? Uh, movie actor? Uh, no, author. He's written over 200 books. Uh, one of the most recent was The Awful Thing in the Attic. Never heard of it. Oh, man. All right, well, then you'll enjoy it. Okay, but uh, uh, other than that, uh, uh, I'm kind of tired of hearing about the Freeman. Oh, yes. And uh, and what about the uh, Alien Hotline? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yeah, hey, I haven't done one of those in a long, long time, have I? No, you haven't. So uh, bring that back. <laughs> Thank you. All right, take Bye-bye. care. Um, the Alien Hotline. Now, um, from time to time, we do strange things here, you will learn. And uh, I used to open the Alien Hotline. Only aliens. Not illegal aliens. Not aliens from uh, other countries, but, you know, them. And uh, And so I would open a line just for them. And you get some very unusual calls. Very unusual calls. And then a successor to that became the Immortal Hotline. We got on this kick of people calling and uh, faxing and writing letters and email saying they were immortal. And so I thought, hmm, let's open an immortal line. And we did. And people called claiming to be immortal. Now, I'm not sure which was more fun, the alien line or the immortal line. Hey, I wonder if we could do both, aliens or immortals. Well, let me consider that. <laughs> Maybe we will. Um, wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah, I get a kick these days out of how some of the comedy shows portray Bob Dole. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy. And um, it's something about where he speaks of himself a lot. He'll say something to the effect of, Bob Dole's either going to go to the White House or go home or something. That's right. He, it, it's always... Um, uh, third person. Yeah, and and then these days when he's uh, changing his clothes, he looks a little bit like he's doing a laundry commercial. Well, what got to me uh, was, I'm much much as I'd rather see Bob Dole as president than Clinton, Bob Dole the other day, one day he's out of the Senate, right? Yeah. Pulls his tie off. He's Mr. <laughs> Casual, and he's claiming to be an outsider. I mean... Look, I'm a pretty good conservative, but I laughed my butt off when I saw that. I mean, one day, folks, one day makes you an outsider. And one other thing, you uh-huh. you sound like him quite a bit. It would not take much for you to go say something, say Bob Dole. And when I hear you say that, I crack up laughing when I hear you mention his name. Well, Art Bell would never do that. So so go ahead and do it. <laughs> Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bye. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Thank you. <laughs> I like Bob Dole, don't get me wrong. I want to interview Bob Dole, as a matter of fact. In fact, I, I consider it, frankly, imperative. The American people have got to get to know Bob Dole. He took a step, at least in the positive direction, the other day when he uh, resigned from the Senate. You know, he seemed quite human. But what Bob Dole really needs is a good, relaxed... You know, he can sit at home kind of interview on the telephone and just let loose. I'm I'm really convinced of it. And if any of you are in contact with his uh, headquarters, please urge him to come on the program. I have um, been in contact with his uh, campaign, and they promise he will be on. I think if he's going to stand even a chance, he's got to do a lot of that. Just get down. 
with the American people and talk to him. Let us know who he really is. He somehow, he never comes through on TV. And I don't think he's going to. So to find out who Bob Dole really is, the man behind the sound bites and the witty humor, he's got a very dry, witty humor. You're just going to have to spend some time with him. Uh, that's all. only thing I can think is that we've got to spend some time with the man to understand him. And that would really, really, really help. And that's, in essence, what I told his campaign uh, people. And they agree. They definitely agree. And he may be ready for it soon. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, hi. This is Barbie from Bellingham. Hi. I just wanted to um, make a comment about that guy from Seattle. Um, that wasn't no earthquake that they had. It was a, um, a spaceship that crashed. And it was, um, like Are you talking foot. about the five point whatever it was? Yeah, the uh, earthquake. You're, you're trying to say that was a spaceship that oh, crashed? Oh, and it was, um, Bigfoot got off of it. Really? Yeah. And you yeah, could, you could coming. only, you could only know that if you'd had intimate contact with Bigfoot, right? <laughs> 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 no, but I also wanted to say, you know, I never heard of that, um, Chupacabra. Really? Except for once. And really? I was just told that it was just a vampire bat. Oh, yeah? And, um, but, you know, I listen to you every night, so... Well, really how does a vampire bat suck all the blood out of a goat? I don't know. They don't. Yeah, no, they don't. So, no. see, it's not that, and there are... Uh, it's not just one or two or ten. It's hundreds of animals, and I have seen endless uh, pictures, video uh, from true, Mexico. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's true. There's really something out there. Oh, yeah, it's you scary. Bet. And it wants you. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> Yes, you. No. <laughs> uh, you know what I heard about it? What? I read this earlier today in a Mexican paper. Mm-hmm. It goes for giggles. <laughs> well, I never laugh, so. <laughs> Have a good morning. Stay safe. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art? Yes. Uh, um, we're having a... This is Richard in uh, at Houston? Yes. We have a question in our office concerning Bigfoot. All right. Um, we were wondering if you see more than one Bigfoot. Would they be it, big feet? Is it big feet or big footses? Um, I would. I, I'm not sure. It might more properly be big footses, <laughs> but I would say big feet, wouldn't you? Well, that's what I say. As in a gaggle of big feet, a gaggle, yeah, a gaggle of big feet, not a not a gaggle of big foots. Well, maybe it would be a gaggle of Bigfoots. I don't know. Why do you ask me such a question? We're just wondering. <laughs> All right. The answer is I'm not sure. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Goodbye. Uh, you see? Now you can tell what kind of night it's going to be. Big feats. Big feet. Well, I don't know. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Art? Yes. Yeah, this is Christy from St. Louis. Hi. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time successful caller. Excellent. <laughs> um, I went to see Robert Ghostwolf. Isn't he something? Yes. He was just amazing. And I'm so jealous that I can't go to his workshop. <laughs> well, he really is something. He really was. And, I, you know, I wouldn't have heard about him unless I was listening to your show. Hmm. Well, I hope a number of people there mentioned to him they heard him on the air. Oh, I did. Good. I talked to him. Uh -huh. Very nice man. Um, Scary dude, actually. 
Well, some of the things he said was very frightening, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, it's interesting, who listen to uh, Dreamland on a regular basis, uh -huh. um, sort of take it in stride, or, you know, it, it's food for thought or whatever, but a lot of people faxed me after Ghost Wolf and said, that guy scared the hell out of me. Really? Yeah. Well, he did say some disturbing things, <laughs> but um, as you said, it was something to think about. You betcha. But I couldn't believe he, him being this close to St. Louis that there wasn't something, you know, in the paper or on the news or something announcing his arrival. But well, we announced it on Dreamland. Listen, I've got to run. I'm, I'm really sorry, hon. I'm close to the top of the hour, and I have work to do. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Welcome back to the largest live overnight talk show in America. On-screen calls, you name it, we'll talk about it. Lots in the news to talk about. Lots not in the news to talk about. And we are not restricted to specifically either one of those categories. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, Art. This is your first caller 14 years ago down in Las Vegas. How are you doing? Tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, you certainly developed a lot of things since uh, we chatted over in the Union Plaza. Yes. This morning. It was called the Union Plaza then. That's right. Well, that was in those days. Now it's, uh, <laughs> now it's the new plaza. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, I just couldn't resist calling in tonight to say uh, keep up the good work, Art. And uh, I was one of the first people that uh, ordered your book on... 918 of 95, by the way. Well, I'll be darned. Um, so. My friend, I thank you, and I remember our breakfast very well indeed. Okay, one of these days I'll get up to the high desert there, and we'll have a nice chat, maybe lunch. <laughs> okay. See you later. You take care. Uh, that's right. Uh, about, ooh, 13, anyway, 13 years ago, I would say. God, that's a long time. Huh. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, is this the Art Bell Show? I hope it is. Okay, well, i got a question for you. It's uh, not. I'm, I'm really... i tell you something. Yes? About the Freeman. What are you going to tell me? I think that either they sh the United States should either recognize them as a independent country and build a wall around them, mm. and then tell them that they can't leave, and if they do, that they sh they're going to be arrested for uh, treason. Well, um... If they're an independent country, then it would not be treasonous for them to be within it, would it? No, not to be within it, but if they left that their country, then it would be. Uh-huh. Or they should either... Uh, well, I think that's a terrible idea. Well, in other I, words, well I, I think they are treasons because, I mean... But look, we are, we are... That's what I spent a lot of time in the first hour talking about. We're Americans. True. This is America. We don't create little uh, kingdoms and fiefdoms within America. We don't do that. But that's what they're doing, though. You know? No, that, that's what they want to do. Right. But what if the... If well, well, so then we shouldn't feed their uh, uh, their um, egos by giving them uh, exactly what they want. I don't want America splitting up 
you know, if we give it to them, then another right. group will want it, and another group will want it, and pretty soon America won't be America anymore. It'll be a bunch of little kingdoms and protectorates and fiefdoms and you name it. Right, but if the United States doesn't control this, I mean, why can't anybody else do it? I mean, that's what it shows is that anyone can do this and basically almost get away with it. Well, that's right. Exactly right. And and we shouldn't be uh, establishing that precedent, should we? Well. No, we shouldn't, sir, is the answer. Well, I think that they should do something because uh, they shouldn't be able to just sit there and hold the United States government at bay. Well, there you and I absolutely agree. Thank you. And if this latest uh, facts is true, CBS is reporting that uh, the freemen are holding people there against their will. I have no way of knowing if that's so, just that apparently CBS uh, reported that. That's from Debbie in Baton Rouge. And that certainly casts a new light on the whole thing. Uh, can anybody confirm that report? I think it's fairly important that we get that confirmed, uh, denied or admitted to or whatever. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. King Arthur. Yes, sir. Good morning. This is Mitch, the Magic Christian. Hi, Mitch. Calling you from beautiful Ventura by the Sea. Yes, sir. Southern California. Uh, your uh, facts or <clears throat> whatever it was you were reading from last night about the uh, uh, bubonic plague uh, fleas. Oh, yes. By uh, Ojai. Yes. That's Wheeler Gorge. Uh-huh. Not George. All right. <laughs> well, it was a typo then. Yeah, I was thinking it might have been the writing on the facts or whatever. But, you know, I wanted to talk to you about uh, uh, Ed and uh, Richard's uh, show. I beg your pardon? Ed? Yeah. Ed, oh, oh, Ed. Ed, Ed Edgar Ed Mitchell, Mitchell and uh, Richard yes. Holman. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, while they were speaking, and boy, I'll tell you, it's, it's almost like pulling teeth with Edgar sometimes, isn't it? I mean, he's a brilliant man, but his delivery is uh, somewhat plodding. He is a true scientist. I mean, the, the man is brilliant. There's no no question. Uh, he he deserves his Ph.D. Well, I think that's what um, created the magic uh, was the contrast of Hoagland, who is rapid fire. Yeah, he's a he's a laser machine gun man. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Mitchell, who is, as you point out, plotting and very scientific and very careful with his words. Yeah, it's like the rabbit in the hair, almost. Something like that. And yet. There was a, a, a meeting, a slow meshing of the minds that was magical to listen to. Oh, it was, it was. There was something about that, though. It, it, it was almost frustrating to me. Uh, let, let me let me see if you agree with my reading on this. I have a feeling that towards the end there, that Ed Mitchell was going towards spirit's action on matter. It yes. wasn't actually said in those words. Yes. But I believe that that's where he was going with that. Yes. And boy, you 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 need to set up a follow up for that because I believe that by his he he started slowing down too. Uh, that is uh, Richard Hoagland. Yes, he did. In his approach, he, he as a matter of fact, uh, both of them, uh, with regard to their previous statements, took several steps back. Yeah, right. Uh, I have a feeling that, that neither one of them really wanted to attack the other. And uh, they just wanted to kind of like make their own points, but wisely so. Uh, had a very, one uh, tactful. Had, and, yes, uh, had had one gone off the deep end and attacked the other, 
they would have immediately lost in the mind of the listening public. Yeah, they could have gotten protective of their own territory, and mm -hmm. and uh, much less might have been said. But it, it, are you going to set up another meeting to, uh, with those two on the air? Sure. Yeah, I hope you can do that sometime soon because th there was much left. Unsaid. Well, I, I don't want it too close on top of what we just did. Yeah, right. And I want a little time for uh, Edgar Mitchell to reflect on the materials that I know Mr. Hoagland is sending down. And then uh, it would be productive indeed to have another meeting. Yeah, that, this could end up being a very fruitful collaboration, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for the show. Right. Thank you, sir, uh, for the call. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm calling from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Well, great. K-R-A-E. Yeah, K-R-A-E. Cray. And I'm a first-time caller. Well, good. And I was ta thinking about uh, all this movement, America for the Americans. There's only one problem with that. We're all Americans. But if you want to get down to the real Americans, then we got to go back to the Indians. Well, that was then. This <laughs> is now. I mean, uh... yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is that everybody here is an American. Yes. I mean, you can't send all the blacks back to Africa and all the Spanish back to wherever and all the French back to France. Yes. Because they're all Americans. That's right. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah, that's why right, all these. Little uh, supremacist groups are wrong. Oh, that's right. They're wrong. They're absolutely wrong, period. Yeah. And as far as guns go, if they take away all our guns, then they're not going to be able to take them away from the, from the uh, criminals. Um, well, that's uh, been said for a long time. Look, uh, look, we have the Second Amendment. I don't care to change that. I wouldn't give up my guns. I doubt you would give up yours. Certainly not your right. Even if you don't own a gun, as an American, you know you have the right to. You're not going to give that up. Um, and shouldn't. You know, you'd be out of your mind. Don't give up your guns. But also don't think of your guns as the first solution. That's what I was complaining about uh, last hour. America is more than the guns that we would need if we need to uh, someday overthrow the government or something like that. America is what it is because of who we are. Because of who we are. We are America. And if we change to the degree that we're not the people we once were, the aggressive, entrepreneur, independent, um, fighters that we are, if we change... Then we'll lose America. And then the guns won't help anyway. Because it'll just bring on a great change. You know, we'll be a police state or else, uh, we'll turn into so many fiefdoms and kingdoms and all that. That wasn't the idea, was it? So if it gets to the point where we've got to use the guns, then for the most part, the battle's over. That's like the last thing you want to have to do. But on the other hand, you don't want to give up that option either. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. How are you? I'm fine. 
Uh, my name is Pete. I'm calling from Indiana, from Craigville. That's close to Fort Wayne, so I listen to you on WGL. Yes, sir, the mighty WGL. That's right, the family uh, adult entertainment situ- uh, station. <laughs> uh, the reason I called was a couple things. First, I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening to you since uh, the Ebola breakout in Africa. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and you really impressed me because you were, well, I listened to you all night and then I watched NBC News in the morning and uh, you were still giving more information than they were. Well, we're out ahead in a lot of things. Oh, you certainly are. That's why I like it. You're cutting edge. Uh, that's but that's okay. Politics. You know, I mean, when, I, when, when we get them on the air and we do them, people go, there goes Bell again, cracked as can be, and then about a week or two weeks later it hits the mainstream press and people go, oh, Oh yeah, like Tom Likas, uh, he really cracked me up with uh, with the meteor, uh, <laughs> with the comet. Uh, I had two things I, I wanted to, to to make a statement about. Uh, yes. Your uh, parts of the alleged UFO you received. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about carbon dating? I'm yeah. I'm going to ask about that. I'm I I guess can they carbon date metal? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Uh, if they could, you know, if, if if they're common materials, which is like you say, that's logical. Uh, carbon dating, if they were like so old that our technology wouldn't produce something of that nature, then... Uh... No, it's a really good uh, point, and believe me, I'm going to ask. We'll find out. Okay, and one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, I'm going to slaughter this name, uh, the Chip of Bogwas. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have a class in this. I, now, I, now I, let, I, I can only do it one at a time. Say this, Chupa. Chupa. Cabra. Cabra. Now say it quickly. Chupacabra. You got it. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you've noticed the similarity between them and the old gargoyles uh, from medieval times. I have indeed. Uh, would it, could it be possible that this is something that uh, has a long gestation period in an egg form and comes out every so often? Yes. And then disappears again? It could uh, be. And uh, maybe there's been a few that stick around that... that you know, that reproduce eggs. You know, there are not being many of them, so they're seen very rarely, but then all of a sudden there's a there's a huge population of them for a while, and then they disappear again. Well, that could be. Or it could be that they're presently breeding like rabbits, and the human race is going to have to deal with a monster. Well, you know, I, yeah, you know, we, we sort of do it tongue-in-cheek, but it's... It, I'm beginning to believe that they exist. Uh, I know you got the tape. Is that, is that correct? Uh, as long as it's OPB, other people's blood, it's easy to joke about. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm reviewing the tape. Uh, it may not be of a chupacabra, but it's awfully big, so I'm trying to decide about that. That's now. what I wondered, if maybe it was doctored or something like that. I'm no, sure. not doctored. I don't think doctored. Uh, I've just got to figure out what it is. It's gigantic and it's ugly. Uh, was it dead? Or I see, I, I oh, yeah. listened to your show. Absolutely, absolutely dead. Uh, it would seem like they would have some kind of autopsy report on TV, but then again, TV never... Produces well, this is big, big news uh, in Mexico. Thank you very much for the call. Big news in Mexico. It is the talk of Mexico now. For those of you who are just joining us, the Chupacabra is... Well, it began apparently in Puerto Rico, uh, showed up in South America, Central America, traceable to the north, Texas, California, even reports in Oregon.
and um, it is the talk of Mexico. It is headline news everywhere in Mexico. It was headline news in Phoenix yesterday. So, you know, whatever it is, it's something. I don't know if it's some mystical, mythological creature, something new, something from a lab, something from some portal through time or another dimension or whatever it is. Who knows? Maybe it's just an evolutionary step for something else that was here. Whatever it is, I don't want to meet one. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Um, I'm I'm calling from, uh, this is John, calling from Wilbur, Nebraska. Yes, sir. Uh, listen to KFAB. That's oh, of 50,000 watt blowtorch. It is from Omaha. <laughs> I think it goes right so if over. If there's intelligent life out there, you know they'll be listening. Uh, I think uh, KFAB on a regular basis goes right over the pole. That's right. Mm -hmm. Hey, I can't believe I'm talking to you. The reason why I'm calling is you wanted somebody to call and confirm uh, that uh, Lance Freeman. Oh, yes. And I did hear it on CBS News uh, an hour ago. An hour and, ago. And it is true. And uh, they're also talking about uh, there's children there that... And Bo Greitz said this? What's that? I said Bo Greitz said this? Uh, I don't recall who it was, but... Uh... All right, here's the facts I got uh, from uh, Baton Rouge. It says, our CBS News top of the hour is quoting Bo Greitz as saying four leaders, the Freeman, are forcing people to stay at the compound against their will, including women and children. Yes, that's exactly what they said, and they said uh, they're kind of split. And, uh, well, we've got a whole different situation on our hands, if that's true. Yeah, so I don't know how this is going to turn out. It's, it's almost like, you know, what, you know, what are we going to do? Just sit out here and, and wait for them? But they don't want it to be another Waco. Uh, no, and I don't either. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Look, they, they have not committed a capital crime or a potential capital crime at Waco. No matter how you feel about Waco, there were federal officers killed. People at the compound, too. Here, nobody's been killed. There are children and women inside. However, however, if they are being forced to remain, then instead of a standoff, you really have a hostage situation, don't you? So that's going to change it. If this report is true, it's going to change it. And if the report came from Bo Greitz, uh, then um, I would be more inclined to believe it, not because I'm a Bo Greitz follower or fan necessarily, but because Bo Greitz would tend, uh, it seems to me, because of his own ideology, to uh, not want to report such a thing. So it, it gives it, uh, in a sense, more credibility, and I hope that it's not true. If it is, it really, really does change things. First-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. How are you? Fine. How are you? Great. Where Where are you calling from? Um, This is Lori. I'm calling from Olathe, Kansas. Hi, Lori. Hi. I just heard some real upsetting news today. What's that? One of my friends um, had remarried, and her husband... Um, she found out had um, abused her children. Oh boy! And the upsetting thing is, is they only live a few miles um, out of our county. 
Right. In another county. Right. His bail was set at $150,000. Mm-hmm. Now, if they would have lived over in our county, it would have only been a 5000 bail. Wow. I mean, it's kind of upsetting to see how the system varies so much from county to county. It does, um, uh, particularly in domestic cases. Uh, there is no single way they're handled. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. It, it varies widely, uh, state to state, county to county. And in some states, uh, for example, when the police uh, are forced to respond to a domestic uh, a difficulty, you know, husband and wife fight, uh-huh. automatically both parties are under arrest and taken to jail, and then it is worked out later. In other places, the police uh, do a sort of a wink and a nod and say, hey, you guys, stop that and leave. So there's that much difference in the way it is handled. I mean, it's almost like an invitation to say, hey, come move to my county. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, that's an awful thought, that somebody would move to a county so they could get away with as much abuse as they could. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you uh, very much for the call. Let's just say hi to somebody east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Hello, Ward. How you doing? This is Stephen from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. All right. All right. Hey, I was uh, a little off the subject tonight, but I just wanted to tell you about something I read in uh, Popular Mechanics magazine. Oh, I don't yes. know if you get that magazine. Oh, about what? Uh, about SETI program. Oh, Starting yes. a new project, Argus. I am well aware of Argus. Listen, I've got a break, and uh-huh. uh, it's our nickel, so how about if I hold you over? Uh, sounds like a winner to me. All right, then rest quietly, at ease, and we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. You're back on the air again. Thank you for holding. Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, Project Argus. Uh, I just wanted to let people know over the airways because they can get more of them involved than probably the magazine can uh, about Project Argus. And the name is, of course, based on the Greek mythological god Argus who was all seeing with millions of eyes. Right. And he could see everything at once. Right. So anyway, SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence uh, Program, lost its funding from the government, and a few scientists have been doing it cheaply, keeping it going. And they well, they will nevertheless. Yeah, they will nevertheless monitor literally uh, millions, if not billions, of frequencies at the same time using large radio telescopes. It is what SETI was going to be, perhaps on a slightly smaller scale. You know, you know what I wonder though, sir. Yes. If we did get a signal, would they tell us? Well, they might now that the government's not involved. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath. But I think it's a great idea to get, because this way they can be uh, with people all around the nation getting involved in it. We can uh, have them pointed 
at all directions, just like Argus all seeing. Mm -hmm. And all I right. think it's a good idea. Though. All right, I, I, I do too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I do too. But I do question, private or uh, public, whether we would really be told. I mean, I, I wonder what their list of notification reads like. In case you receive a signal, notify the following people. Who do you think is at the top of the list? CBS? Dan Rather? Wolf Blitzer on CNN? Or do you think there are agency names toward the top of the list for notification? <laughs> uh, or do you think there's more than one list? Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Glad to have you. Where are you? Oh, gosh, fabulous. I'm in uh, Beaverton, Oregon on uh, KEX. Yes, sir. I was calling regarding the uh, blood sucker, the goat sucker. Yes. I, I was thinking possibly that could be, you know, the fault of the Yeti again. Well, I don't see how. Well, you know, it's common knowledge that the Yeti's a finicky eater. Well, I'll tell you what would be cool, though. To see a goat sucker Yeti fight. Now, t turn your radio off, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm too far away from the radio. Oh, okay. Well, then, thank you for the call, and have a good morning. People have got to have their radios close enough to get them off. Wouldn't you like to see a, a Yeti goat sucker fight? That'd be something to see. I once saw Habu Mongoose in, uh, on Okinawa. Frankly, that was kind of brutal. And I didn't like it. But a Yeti Bigfoot fight? Hmm. A Yeti Bigfoot fight. Yeti versus the Goat Sucker. That's a hard one to call. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Who's this? Um, Frank Fitzsimmons. Frank Fitzsimmons? Yes. Turn your radio off, please. All righty. It's off. That's good. I'm trying to reach Art Bell. All right. Well, say the name Art Bell. Art Bell. Hi. Hi. This is Art Bell. This is Laura. Hi, Laura. What's up? Oh, not much. I just love listening to you. I've been listening to you for two years. And I called you once before, and uh, we argued. I said, you like rabbits and your bunnies. And you said, no, I don't, no, I don't. I no, I don't. I don't like rabbits. Well, I'm not calling to argue with you about that. Thank you. But I did call to tell you that I, I wanted to send you the cat trap. But I could never get through to you. But you got your cat. Yes, we did. And when you were talking about catching the second cat. Yes. Comet. Yes. And you were describing this and that and the other. I thought about a name for him. <laughs> I said, oh, God. Wham-bam. <laughs> now, com believe me, ma'am, Comet uh, fits. Now, everybody's asking me about Comet. Comet is a wild, and I mean wild, cat that was living under my house. And I trapped him. And uh, we now, uh, he went to the vets and got all his shots and tests for feline leukemia and all that stuff. And he is now home. Well... You have never seen a cat this wild, ever have you seen a cat this wild. <laughs> when we brought him home, uh, he was still under anesthetic from having been at the vets. 
And we were sitting there, you know, we care a lot, and uh, we had him in a little bed. And we were sitting there watching him, and we we saw him. He, he opened his eyes. He blinked his eyes three times and jumped five and a half feet straight up into the air. It was the damnedest thing you ever saw. This cat, I have seen this cat jump over six feet vertically. Anyway, five and a half feet up, straight up he went. And uh, it's a long story, but uh, he had never seen uh, nor come near a human being before, obviously. And he is now beginning to slowly, slowly venture forth. And he'll come near me. Um, uh, but that's uh, that's about all. And uh, we make a little progress every day. He gets a little less wild. For the first day, he spent the day outside. He lives in our chest of drawers. That's the little nest he made for himself. Ah, uh, but he's outgrown it. You see, we fooled him. We started fe feeding him science diet. And day by day, he's become fatter and fatter and fatter. And for the first time today, he could no longer crawl up into the chest of drawers. Must have been very disappointing for him. He was, he actually, yesterday, he was throwing clothes out, trying to make more room for himself. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Here comes all these underwear and socks flying out, and he's trying to clear a place. Now he can't get behind the chest of drawers anymore, so he's now living behind the bed about half the time. And uh, when he sees us, and we, he sees that we're watching him, he runs. He bit me. You know, he did a job on my hand. Uh, but he's, he's become much better. The worst, he, the most he does now is hiss at me. If I get too close, it's like, hey, back off, sucker. I'll come to you when I'm ready. But he was truly a wild animal, and uh, he's slowly, slowly, slowly taming out. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art Bell. Yes. This is Roger from Measury, Ohio. Yes, sir. Welcome. Uh, right now I'm down at uh, Dayton. I've been attending the, the Hamvention. Oh, lucky you. I would love to be at Dayton. There's uh, quite a few people down there. It's three days. I bet. And I'm about 25 miles from the Blue Room at the uh, Air Force Base there. Well, why not grasp the moment, sir, and, and go take a look? I uh, think they're holding some of my relatives hostage in there. Oh, you do? You but think you may be extraterrestrial in origin? I don't know. I Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> yeah, why I... I get up every morning about 2 o'clock and listen to you. I've been listening to you for about three years, and I uh, work on VCRs and the old video desk RCA players, and uh, I uh, enjoy your program very much. Well, I thank you, my friend. I, too, used to work on VCRs. I went to uh, Sony's uh, school, as a matter of fact, for VCRs, uh, three-quarter-inch Umatics and yeah. uh, so forth. Yeah, I never went to school. I just sort of learned it on my own. And the, the old RCA video disc players, they're obsolete now in beta yes. machines. And, uh, beta machines were actually uh, superior to VHS, but VHS uh, out-marketed them. And, uh, and so now we have a format that's okay, but it's not as good as beta was. I, I like the beta real well. I have a collection of them. Actually, I have about 20 beta machines in my uh, collection. And 30 20, of the RCA 30. video disc players. You have, my goodness, sir. Um, uh, that My goodness, I'll say it again. That's incredible. <laughs> Your house must look like a store. I, too, am a videophile. I love video. I love good video. Just love it, and I collect movies, so. 
There you go. I've got uh, satellite dishes coming out my ears. <laughs> Love the technology. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, have you ever seen the movie Hemp for Victory? Hemp for Victory? Yeah, it's a really good story. Uh, it was put out by the United States government. It's a war film. Uh-huh. Um, it was um, right after marijuana had became illegal, and then all of a sudden, whoops, we needed it. Uh for production for the war effort. Hemp for, for ropes. victory, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, for ropes and for a lot right. of products, you know, uh, oils. and Sure. And probably would not have uh, been able to uh, win the Second World War without the plant. Um, it was not too long after that that they figured out how to uh, make it into uh, fiber, which was as good as cotton. Well, I've said this a number of times. Uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, a couple of years ago ran an article saying that uh, legalizing hemp in its various forms mm -hmm. would add about a half trillion dollars to the uh, tax base in America. Mm -hmm. A half a trillion dollars uh, per year. That's a lot of money. I think I think that uh, we deserve that tax dollars. And I don't think that the police deserve to be able to take people's homes in, in lieu of it, and then no, our, cities uh, fighting. Uh, no, our cities look, sir. Fighting. Look, look, there's no question about it. Our laws with regard to marijuana are disproportionate and uh, harmful, even because uh, it is a lie. And when you lie to children once, then you're leading them down the path. In other words, they try marijuana. Their brain doesn't fry. They live through the experience. It's fairly mild compared to what they thought it was. Then they think, well, oh, cool. Then, sure, let me try some of this Coke. Yeah. Only it's not mild. It's not a lie. It's really bad. It really ruins lives. But they, they go ahead and they try it because lied to once, probably lied to twice in their opinion. You know how the, uh, drug, the outgoing drugs are made the comments about uh, Adidas uh, putting out a shoe called the hemp, and he was saying, oh, it's sending the wrong message to the children of America. Yeah. I guess he forgot about Coca-Cola and opium perfume and all of those products yeah. you know um i really think that as a drug it's probably one of the safest drugs known to man and there's more medicines that can be made out of it well it i is, suffer look, from lupus uh, and it really helps me oh well I, I really i've heard that there are a lot of, of the i know police. i know i know thank you I, there are a lot of people who claim medical benefit from it and i think that's a controversial uh, argument and a lot of doctors claim that there are drugs that better control nausea, better control glaucoma, and that may or that may not be. It is controversial, but there may be medical benefit. And I do say it is probably, truth be known, less harmful to society, less costful, uh, costful, uh, of less cost to society than um, alcohol. However, it doesn't mean that it's harmless. Marijuana upon the lungs is a very harsh substance. That might be somewhat modified uh, if it were commercially produced with filters as cigarettes have, but it is it is uh, very harsh, and there is nothing that you do of that sort that is without effect. Uh, all I say is we should not lie about it to our nation's children because we do more harm than good when we do, we'll be right back.
us to the Rockies. You're on the air. Hi, this is Kathy from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, this is, well, I'm going to sound off the wall, but my mom has told me about your show, and I get really severe migraines, so severe that I haven't been able to work for quite some time. I had to retire. I'm only 43. Um, they started getting really bad around December. Have they looked for a physical cause? Oh, yeah. They're genetic. Part okay. of it's genetics. Um, my dad gets them. My sisters get them. My son gets them. Yeah, they're horrible. Not like I do. Uh, but they increased in severity from about December until this past month. Uh-huh. I've been getting them on almost a daily basis. Oh, boy. And I've read uh, the Migrainer's Handbook of Rights because there were doctors I talked to. They sent me to specialists all over the place. And there were doctors I spoke with, and I'd tell them when the weather changed. I had a migraine coming on. Mm-hmm. I could tell when the weather was changing. Yes. And apparently they have found um, electromagnetic changes in the atmosphere can cause migraines. My mother told me that she had heard people on your show who have suffered from migraines, who have called you and told you in the northwestern region that they've been having migraine problems like mine, or rather like mine. Yes, I've had calls. Okay, for about the past six months. Mm-hmm. Well, we had that. We had that um, earthquake in Seattle. Yes. Okay, at, earlier this month, and they interviewed a man from the city that was at the epicenter. Yes. He said, "See, we haven't been getting this news in Portland. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it on the TV stations. They play it." down really low. My girlfriend in Kentucky said, oh, yeah, they're telling us Mount Rainier's going to go. Yeah. Well, that's nice. They haven't told us in Portland. Anyway, uh, apparently they've been having almost daily earthquakes up there for the past six months. And I, right before our spring break quake, what we used to call, you know, a few years back, right. I had the worst migraine of my life. I just... In other words, in other words, what you're doing is you're relating um, electromagnetic change uh, preceding earth change or earthquakes or earth movement or even weather fronts uh, to your condition. Apparently, yes. Apparently, I'm sensitive to that, and apparently there are many other people who are too. Yes. And I tried to tell this to some of the doctors, and they acted like I was crazy, and I really thought I was for a while until I started getting some affirmation and. I'm wondering, is there a group or organization or someone I can talk to about this? Because I've had Let's, this type uh, of thing happen, yes. and I seem to be sensitive to the no, I No, ma'am, I understand. Let's ask, and I will do that on the air right now. Um, I have talked to many people who feel as that lady does, and that uh, the pressures have been increasing. And I think it perfectly reasonable that some of you out there who are sensitive to these kinds of pressures feel them. Uh, And I would think that uh, if you were subject to something like migraines, these kinds of pressures could easily be a trigger for that sort of thing. So uh, I don't reject that at all. And I have had many similar calls. And if uh, I don't know if there's a group. I would think that um, a lot of people would simply not relate what they're going through to anything of that sort. Any of the rest of you have anything to offer that lady? 
West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. This is Chris from Dawson Creek calling. Dawson Creek, way, way up there. Yeah, well, up there a little bit anyways. It's not a little bit. That's a lot. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyways, um, about a week or two I talked to you, and you asked me the question, what would, would you like Americans to know about Canadians? Yes. And my answer was the government. And your response was, I don't think the Americans know about their government. And I'm sure that's very true because the Canadians probably don't really know a lot about our government either. And I thought about it, and I think what my response should have been, and I was talking to someone else, is that we're a very modern country. Mm -hmm. A lot of Americans seem to think that we live in igloos. Um, that were some barren land and, and that we have gravel roads or... Well, 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 to some degree you do. I've got some gravel roads here. Now, Dawson Creek is, after all, a fairly, fairly rural part of, uh, your country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we have paved roads and very modern houses and... Oh, yes. And satellites and cable TV. Come on, tell them the truth. You're calling from an igloo. You know you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I've got one other question that I, I want to spring on you. Uh, what is that? That is, do you think that Canadians have the same kind of national identity uh, as Americans do? That is a very hard question. Um, I know. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um. Right now, there is so much difference, like with Quebec. Yeah, oh yes. And almost 50% of people in Quebec want to leave our country. I'm afraid that I'm beginning to believe that it is going to occur. I'm really scared about it. Well, most of uh, the Canadians that call from the western provinces that I talk to, you know, they're pretty fed up and their attitude is, well... Quebec, if you want to leave, then don't let the door hit you in the tail end as you go. You know, they're getting fed up with it. Yeah, well, that's really not my attitude, because it would really split up our country. Would, would you say, Quebec, stay, we love you? Um, I don't know if I would go that strong. <laughs> like, after the... Listen, I gotta go. I gotta go. We're at the news. Thanks okay. for the call. You nice take talking care. to you. We'll be back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 17th of May, 1996. That's what we are, live, on screen, anything goes talk radio. And I never know what we're going to do here. We just sort of do it. So welcome. Remember, if you're outside the USA, 
You can still call us toll-free. Get hold of the AT&T operator or the AT&T USA direct access number for your country. Dial it or have the operator dial 800-893-0903. That's, um, don't put the one in there, just 800-893-0903. Internationally, I think that I will uh, follow the uh, advice of or the uh, plea for an unusual line. So I am going to establish, instead of my first-time caller line, I'm now going to restrict that single number to two categories of people, both of them very interesting. Aliens and Immortals. The A&I line. <laughs> the A&I line. Aliens and immortals. Now, what do we mean? Well, first of all, when we say aliens, we mean people who are not from this planet. We don't mean people who think they might be descendant of an alien or something. We mean real aliens. Them. Those guys. Or gals. Actually, from somewhere else, on a mission here to Earth, or sometimes they claim to be stranded here on Earth. So that, that would qualify you as an alien. From another star system, not another country, we've got plenty of those. Another star system, or even a nearby planet. I mean, who knows? And then the second category of people would be immortals. I've not heard from an immortal in, I don't know, a good three weeks. These would be people who don't die. Not those of you who don't think you're going to die, but those of you who have been around for at least, what do you say, folks, 150 years minimum, 200 years? Something beyond, reasonably beyond the normal span of life. There are many out there who claim, who actually claim that uh, they have lived that long, some of them uh, even thousands of years. So, I hereby restrict uh, the following number to aliens and or immortals. Area code 702-727-1222. You'd be very surprised how many people um, claim to be in one of these categories these days. And we always question them and interview them about why they're here and what they're doing and how long they've been here. And if they're immortal, we try and pin down how they've done it. We've had some pretty gory descriptions of how they've done it. But anyway, Aliens and Immortals, the A&E line at area code 702-727-1222. East of the Rockies, you're on. Call the wild card lines, area 702-727-1295. Okay, we're going to have to start again, partner, because you're not allowed to give your last name on the air. That's one of our only rules, no last names. Okay, sorry about that. So your first name is? Al. Uh, from Spartansburg? Spartanburg. Spartanburg, yes. there yeah. it is. Yeah, okay. Um, the first thing is, I was wondering if you could give any information about uh, uh, broadcasting on shortwave. Have you found anything else out about that? No, it probably is not going to be manifested until summer. Um, what we've got to do to broadcast on shortwave, we believe, is um, get a satellite to bump us across the Atlantic Ocean so that we can come down in Eastern Europe. 
Yeah. And we're talking to some Eastern European, uh, very high-powered broadcasters who need some good old American currency, hard currency, and uh, have the big signals over Europe and Asia. Okay. And we're talking to them. So, the, you know, it's all underway, but something like that doesn't happen overnight. People think it happens overnight. Yeah, it doesn't. yeah I can understand that. So uh, it's, it's, we're, it's in the works. All right. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, my office, we've adopted this stray cat, and I've, wanting, I've been wanting to test out the, uh, that cat screech or whatever to see what it does to this cat, and I haven't had a chance to record any of your broadcasts until tonight, so I was wondering if you could do that for me. Well, um, is your cat wild? It's a, it's pretty tame. I mean, it, you know, we let it into the office and we feed it, and he's pretty much got used to people now. Is your cat there now? Uh, he's not, but I'm recording it, so you're recording. Can, yeah, so I can play it back. All right. Well, let me give the audience warning so that I don't shred <laughs> laps out there. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right. Uh, yeah, coming right up. All right, everybody. If you now have a cat on your lap, remove it. Trust me. Trust me, you don't want a cat on your lap when I play this. This sound is guaranteed to absolutely drive any cat totally insane. I believe this, just my own belief, I believe this to be the sound of a cat getting its tail stepped on. At least that's what it sounds like to me. And it's it must be real because this this sound... This sound really does freak out cats. I guess they all know it. The dreaded foot on the tail, you know, that I think they all fear. Anyway, they know that sound. I mean, they know that feeling. And so I'm now going to play the cat sound. If you wish, turn your radio up and observe your cat at a safe distance. That's my advice to you. Now, there, of course, there's the occasional cat that's lazy as hell and doesn't care. But I assure you, the majority of cats go crackers when they hear this. <laughs> now, uh, what did your cat do? I'll repeat it here in a little while, just in case uh, you missed it. But it's... Uh... You know the people I really feel sorry for? The ones that are listening in bed... You know, you know, cats love to get uh, get on bed and sleep with you uh, down toward the bottom, and that that sound uh, drives a cat insane, absolutely insane. I've got computers all over the house, and I I put that sound, in, <laughs> you know, I put it's a wave, and I put it in so that when I go into Windows, it makes that sound, or when I exit Windows, it makes that sound, and I've got, of course, three cats in my household. And they all are slowly becoming, by the day, more neurotic. All right, on my A&E line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art Bill. This is Darvros from the planet Scarro. Scarro? Scarro. I've, I've got to learn to say it correctly. The planet name, one more time. Scarro. Where would that be, roughly? It is near Gallifrey. That place, is it? Yes, that place. Uh, what, what are you doing here on Earth? We are here to establish bases uh, in our battle with the Mavillans, and we shall seek, locate, and exterminate any who interfere with us. Isn't that a little warlike? Sure enough. Somehow, when many of us here on Earth think of you people from elsewhere, we think of you as having transcended our warlike tendencies. Not true, huh? 
Not true. Not true at all. There are plenty of us Very around, uh, and we are going to be the masters of the universe and take over everything. And what will we then be to you? Serfs. Serfs? Serfs. Slaves? Slaves. Slaves and serfs. Great. All right. Well, thank you. That's depressing. You know, wouldn't you think that somebody from another galaxy, another place, would have transcended the need for war, even if we haven't? Even if we're still the good old warlike Americans that uh, that we've always been, somehow you would think that uh, the others would have transcended that. But I guess not. Maybe that's not true at all. And maybe the ones that do end up ruling are the most warlike of all. Klingons. <laughs> uh, let's see. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Hello. I was wondering if uh, you're a ham radio operator. You I must am. have listened down on uh, 38945. 38945? Yeah, you hear all the junk that goes down. It, seems, it makes CBers look good. Um, do you mean 38... Uh, 75 uh, meters. Yeah, well, 38945 would be 38 megahertz. Yeah, or uh, th 3.894. There you are, 3894. 0.5? Yeah. Okay, well, you got to put the decimal in there, or we don't know what you're talking about. Ah. Uh, 3894.5, why are they... Uh... Oh, every single night they're out there playing music and noise and... Really? Uh, computer game noises, and it's just sickening. And I've I've written to the FCC, but uh, they don't seem to care. A friend of mine says they've been out there for years on that frequency. Yeah. Well, the FCC uh, has reduced its yeah, monitoring, know. as you know. Yeah. And uh, so I I don't know. I think the best thing to do is to sort of just shame them into good behavior. <laughs> well, this is a good way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's you. what you had in mind when that's you called. That's exactly what I had in mind. Uh, all right, 3894.5. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah, if, uh, if you want a good laugh, uh, make the CBers look good. All right. All right, <laughs> Go sir. Take a look. Yeah, I, I will. Thank you for the call. Uh, well, I've had a lot of fun with Ham Radio over the years, too. Not, not playing music and stuff, but you're not supposed to do that. But uh, um, I, I, I've always thought uh, ham radio was a little stiff. Now, there's there's a line there, though, and uh, hams are supposed to have decorum that transcends the citizens' band, and that, that line has been a little blurred of late. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Going once. Going twice, gone. Wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, hey, Art. Yeah, this is Ward Answer 492 out here in Portland. Uh, Oregon, not Oregon. I have got you. Um, just, well, that's for you. You pronounce it correctly. This is for all you other people out there. But, uh, hey, I got a Chupatina sighting. Call toll-free 1-800-618-8255. Yeah, well, you you know I won't air that kind of thing, so why do you bother? Oh, no, I mean, uh, just just take, be a psychophant. I see. So, but, uh, so, well, keep up the good work out there. Oh, oh yeah, hey, get somebody on there that can give me some specifications for making a uh, 150-mile-per-hour um, carburetor. 
150 mile per gallon carbon? You're correct. You got me there. Uh, those guys have been frozen cryogenically, and they're being kept at a special site at an oil company. Are you sure it's not Area 51? <laughs> hey, uh, the quickening. Have you, you ever watched Highlander, the series? Uh, you know, I really have not. Uh, I'm, I'm of course, aware of it. Oh, okay. So you, they, they have a quickening in there. Plus, they said quickening also on uh, Interview with Vampire. Uh, so, oh, yes, that's, uh, that's right. Well, it's been in many things, I guess. And I just finally sort of personally coined the term uh, because I didn't have any better way to explain it. I just didn't have any better way to explain it, folks, uh, what's going on. The really, truly pathetic condition of society, children killing children, uh, the, um, the financial situation that we're all in right now and where we're headed with that, the political situation, uh, the way it has deteriorated. I finally just uh, attached that name to it, and it seemed to kind of stick. Not that I was the first to use it, because I wasn't. I'm sure it's me, you know, Highlander used it, uh, I am told, and others. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, get sir. Radio. Yes, get that radio. <laughs> Chuck from San Diego. Hi, Chuck. Hey, uh, I was trying to call last night. We were doing all the Freeman stuff. I had a really, a really good conundrum posed to me, and let me pose it to you. Uh, three questions. If we had to choose between life and death, by the way, there's no right answers here. You're not being trapped. Uh, uh, between life and death, what would, what would we choose? What would you choose? I, I'm not sure of the circumstance that, that, that... Well, it's not important. What do you mean? If, if I had to choose between life and death, I would choose life. Okay. If you had to choose between choice and no choice, what would you choose? Choice and no choice? Yeah. I'd choose choice. If you had to choose between life and choice, what would you choose? Um, I wouldn't make that choice because <laughs> I would assume as long as I have life, I have choice. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, that's a, uh, the uh, the point of it is that it's interesting the way that question is answered, depending on where one lives uh, in the world. Well, one lives in America. That's me anyway. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, as long as I have life, I have choice. Well, then perhaps that's what's going on with the Freeman. I'm, uh, I personally think that... I think this latest news about the Freeman is very concerning. Um, how, uh, I take it, you are sympathetic. Uh, no, I, no, I am not. You're not. I think they're a bunch of... Uh, you do. ...punks and criminals. Well, I, it's very, very disturbing if they're holding people against their will... Then I tell you it's a whole different trip. Uh, I don't know if that's true. We've got two reports. Uh, one a fax, uh, the other a confirmation of having heard it on CBS. If that's true, it's a real problem. Well, it is a real problem. I, I think that, uh, I think they're really just crybabies who, uh, want, want money. And I think it's nothing more than that. I think they're crying about people taking stuff away from them. Oh, boo-hoo, oh, oh, the Federal Reserve, et cetera. Yeah, I know. All right, thank you. I, I don't go along with that. Um, I have people call me constantly and say, well, the Freemen are just doing what the Federal Reserve is doing, and we all know that's wrong. Uh, they're printing money out of nothing, and if the Fed can do it, then the Freemen can do it. That's what I hear. Well, the argument about the Federal Reserve aside for just a second, maybe it's all wrong. All right? 
Suppose I concede to you that it's wrong. Does that mean that it's okay for us to do wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so. Wrong is wrong. And if you're bitching and moaning, complaining about the Fed, uh, then uh, how do you figure that uh, individuals um, have any right, based on that wrong, to commit wrong themselves? That isn't the way it works. You don't justify one wrong with another or a perceived wrong with a real wrong or however you want to look at it. Wrong is wrong. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Hey, uh, I was wanting to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, sure. By the way, this is Mark from Missouri. Yes, Mark. Um, uh, oh, man, now I forgot. Um, <laughs> first, uh, I was, well, here's one of the things. Um, is, uh, you know, like the, the Freemen are talking about, you know, how they, you know, they think the Fed is doing, you know, something wrong. What is, yes. what is that exactly that the Fed is supposed to be doing? Well, uh, they, yes, they, they, yes, sir. They would take the position that constitutionally, uh, the Fed has no place printing money, creating money without backing blah, 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 that the Constitution says that Congress shall be the only institution to coin money and that it shall be backed by gold and so forth and so on. Right. And uh, Congress, of course, uh, gave authority to the Fed many years ago right. to begin doing these things. The reason and the thinking behind it at the time was that you don't have the people who do the spending uh, in control of the piggy bank. Right. No, and that makes sense. frankly, that's a fairly sound concept. Now, constitutionally, strictly, they're very much against that, and, and they are contending that, look, if the Fed can do this and create money virtually out of nothing, and it's not constitutional, then we can do that, too. Ah. And we can be a law unto ourselves. Okay. Uh, are you beginning to get the idea? Yeah, I, I think I understand. Now, I, I just wasn't sure about, you know, why they, uh, I, I, I had heard before, you know, that, uh, the Congress had given the Fed control to be able to do that, or Congress was given control, but I wasn't sure why they, you know, exactly thought that they were doing something wrong. Well, um, that's it. Uh, thank you very much. And that controversy aside, you know, even if they're right, uh, technically, and they technically are correct, one wrong does not justify another. It's as simple as that. It never does. Never, never, never. We'll be back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 17th of May, 1996. Normally that would be true, but I am reserving what would normally be my first time caller line for aliens and immortals. Now, let us qualify what we mean by aliens. 
people not of earth. People not of earth. And with regard to immortals, I don't want to hear from anybody who says, oh, well, I've been back several times. I'm immortal. My soul goes from person to person. I'm reincarnated. No, we're talking real immortals here. People have lived 150, 200, 500, 1,000 years. There are many out there who claim this. So aliens and or immortals only at area code 702-727-1222. And I'm, I'm qualifying people on that line, so don't think you can call and just sort of wiggle your way in. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Hi, um, I'm calling about the Chupacabra. Yes. Well, um, today I'm in junior high in eighth grade. You're in eighth grade, all right. Um, I was sitting in my Spanish class, and I asked that teacher about the Chupacabra. Yes. And she just started screaming at me like I was, like, some Satan child. Maybe you are. I hope not. <laughs> it's a Catholic school. Oh, I see. Well, uh, maybe uh, her attitude, your teacher's attitude, is it a she? Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe her attitude is that the chupacabra is of the devil. Oh, no, she had a reason. Because um, she told me that I had to stay after class because I'd said this. So after class, I went to her, and she said that um, if you live in Mexico and you cheat on your wife, mm -hmm. you're considered a goat. So if you're a goat sucker, it's like, well, it's kind of disgusting. Well, uh, that is not, in fact, what's going on in Mexico. So she had it wrong, uh, period. It is not those who cheat who uh, end up with the two little holes in their neck. What's going on in Mexico uh, is real. And uh, though there are a lot of jokes going around about it, the fact of the matter is there is a creature out there uh, killing sheep, goats, uh, chickens, and now, unfortunately of late, uh, people, and it is attacking them. And there has been um, all kinds of veterinary uh, evidence to indicate that these animals have all the blood taken from them. Uh, a lot of people said, well, it's just a bat. Well, without getting too gory, Bats bite necks and then effectively lap what com blood comes out up. Uh, that's what. Uh, that's how a uh, a bat does it. A vampire bat, and there are vampire bats. This is a whole new problem. This involves uh, creatures having all of the blood removed from their bodies by whatever this damn thing is. Imagination, no. Uh, I have seen and have videotape of literally hundreds of animals that they have examined. Some not. Uh, some they've just uh, shaved uh, and looked for the marks and found the two marks. Uh, typically, there are two marks on the outside of the neck and inside four marks. Now, figure that one out, if you will. On my alien immortal line, you're on the air. Hello. Well, you would have been. Too bad. A wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yes, um, hi, this is Wendy in California. Hi, Wendy. And I have a, something to say about the Chupacabra. All right. Um, when, I was, when I was going to college, I took a history class, mm -hmm. and they told us when the Spanish were searching for gold yes. with the Mayans, yes. there was a group of them that got caught in a cave, cave in, you know, under the city. Sure. And they found them, and they had all the blood sucked out of them. And the, they could, the 
the fangs were making marks on the on the like bones, and they thought it was vampire bats. But as you said, the vampires don't bats don't suck the blood. No, they actually don't. Um, and whatever this is is doing that. So I thought that that might be like evidence from history that it's not new, that it could be. Could oh, it easily could. It could be something old, uh, something modified. Uh, some, you know, it, who knows what it is. Uh, it was the banner headline in the Arizona Republic in uh, Phoenix yesterday. Mm. For those who think it's not hitting the regular press, wrong O, it well, is. I saw a news story on television, and they showed a picture of the, the dead body they found that was supposedly drowned. Yes. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I know. I know it's real. Yeah. Keep the light on. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, keep the light on. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi, where are you? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was uh, hearing about that thing called the quickening. I've only been a listener for a few weeks. And uh, something I had come up where I worked might be similar to that. Like what? Well, we uh, I work with a large telecommunications company, and... They have been implementing a bunch of artificial intelligence programs to take the place of people. And they've routed a bunch of the lab people down to Atlanta because uh, they're having trouble there. The, the equipment grabs up all the memory and takes over, and they can't process calls. It kills them, kills the calls. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> well, in other words, you're trying to suggest... That a machine may be making decisions on its own? It's actually getting consciousness, they think, the best they can figure out. It's just okay, where is, where is, no, this is fascinating. Where is this again, please? Well, it's happened at several places. Uh, the lab guys that come from, well, what used to be AT&T, it's Lucent now. Uh-huh. But they they don't talk to us. I'm just a regular technician. They <laughs> they talk among themselves in the but cafeteria. But you you've heard the rumors, huh? Yeah, they uh, they have they've tried like crazy to get this thing figured out before the Olympic Games come. You know, and that's uh, oh, that's a hell of a story. That's one of the thing. One of the reasons why they're uh, putting a big cellular network all around Atlanta because uh-huh. they don't have these artificial intelligence things in in the cellular system yet. But the regular phone system could just die dead in a doornail if this sucker, excuse me, if it uh, gets conscious and starts doing things on its own again. It's you know already killed a couple again. of systems in a couple other cities. All right, sir. I I appreciate the comment. Believe me, and what you have raised is absolutely been a point of fascination for me forever. As we get faster and faster processors. As we get uh, uh, so much memory available, it is, in fact, I believe, possible one day that the processing speed, and I have no idea how far they've gone. I mean, they're beyond the craze. But one day, a machine may assume what we recognize as consciousness, which I believe is self-awareness. And decision making uh, without uh, without input, without additional input. So I don't rule out uh, such a thing as possible. 
At what speed, with what kind of storage would such a thing occur? I don't have the slightest idea. Could it already have occurred? Yes. Would the technicians tending such a machine uh, have the you-know-what scared out of them? Yes, I would imagine so. And would they try to stop it? Yes, I would think so, because you want to be in command. Man wants to be in command of machines, not the other way around. On my alien immortal line, you're on the air. Is that it? You sound pretty weird to me. All right, you, you are an alien, obviously. From what planet do you come? Why are you here? <laughs> right, we'll leave that one alone right there. I know there are machines that can uh, do that voice. This was done to me about two years ago, and the first time someone did that to me, it scared the hell out of me. Uh, but now I've learned there are machines that can do that. Well, that doesn't rule out the fact that it could have been real, but uh, that was very well done, I must say. I want one of those machines. I said that then, and I still don't have one. I want one of those machines that can do that to your voice. Doesn't that give you the heebie-jeebies to hear it? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Well, hello, Art Bell. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, this is TJ from Minneapolis. Yes, sir. Some I tried, and I've always wondered. I was always going to call and ask if you've tried it yourself. And I'm not talking at your house. I'm talking in a restaurant. Have you ever had cat? No. I would never have cat. Not even to try it? No. I'm not talking. That's talk disgusting. You mean? No, it's not disgusting. Yes, it is too. No, it's they serve it in restaurants. They do not. They do. They do Sa not. Sautéed in a cream sauce. It's very good. No, they don't. Yes, it's, no, it comes not, to Minneapolis. No, oh, come on. Come to Minneapolis. You can get it in restaurants. Minneapolis cat. What? What do you have? A little uh, menu choice? Tabby or uh, no. Persian? No. Or... No, no, no. It's under a French name. I don't speak French, but Le Cat. I don't know. <laughs> Look, don't speak French. I think that's disgusting. But it's that's what it, it's it's very good. You actually ate a cat. I actually ate cat twice. It's very good. Well, you know, I love cats, and so I think that's absolutely disgusting. Well, you'd love them even more if you ate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, this is Chris and Wenatchee. Would you eat a cat? No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, me either. That's okay, disgusting. Um, I've been sending you some faxes about being immortal. Oh, are you immortal? Uh, yes, I am, and I'd like to state that I never said that I ch actually changed bodies. How long have you lived? About 240 years. 240 years. You sound young now. How how old chronologically are you now? Um, 19. 19. 
Boy, that'd be a good age to stop. Nineteen. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm. My other name is the Crow. The Crow. Yes. Um, at nineteen, would you not be trapped uh, eternally by your own hormonal imbalance? I guess so. <laughs> In other words, uh, well, I, I recall when I was nineteen, and boy. Well, it's kind of hard because I mean, it's you feel differently. You feel adult. You feel. Um, well, uh, I know. Uh, even though you're not, uh, let me uh, let me probe a little here. Um, what is it that stopped your aging process? Do you do you think? Um, actually, I was shot. You were shot. Yeah, and my um, my soul. Absorbed. I don't know. It felt like an energy, and it sucked. Like it felt like I was pulling energy away from other people. I've, I've. It's taken me a long time to figure this out, but I've pulled energy from another person, from the people around me, and kept my soul alive. And my physical body actually died, and I'm actually just using the energy from my soul to move my body around. Which requires the energy of others. Yes. And how do you absorb that energy psychically, or do you have to get down there with the chupacabra? Well, um, actually, it's been, it's easier to do it the kind of grisly way, but I'd rather not go into details about that. No, I'd but, probably um, rather you didn't either. Um, you can use, like, telekinesis, but unfortunately, the person's life has to end to absorb the energy. Unfortunately. Um... I guess I would ask this. Are you pleased that you have lived this long? Is it a blessing or a curse? Um, actually, I've realized that people have gotten a lot more dangerous than they used to be. Oh, they have, yes. I mean, it's become it's become a very almost sickening world. To, I mean, you live... It used to be that you could go out on the street and people wouldn't... That's right. People wouldn't... If they said hello, they... I mean, they wouldn't mug you afterwards. And I've been, I mean, I've been beat up and and flashed. Well, all right, yes. What happens to you if you receive a serious wound? Um, actually, it um, heals the normal way. It takes about as long as it would take for a human. Really? You know, normal uh-huh. to heal. But um, it do, it's not a mortal. Um, it doesn't, it causes me pain, but it doesn't, it can't be fatal. And it, it really hurts. <laughs> Because, I mean, like I said, I've been stabbed, and it, it really it, hurts. It really hurts, yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. But you, And then you heal at roughly a normal rate. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, and so you've watched America change. Um, in fact, uh, you really, uh, you've watched America from its beginnings. Yeah, actually, I came over here from Britain. Um, my accent's obviously changed, but... I came over here from Britain um, at about 1835, and it was that was actually a very interesting period. In fact, I, I'd rather prefer if I could stop time, I'd prefer to stay in that time than rather than the 1990s because people seem so sinister nowadays. Well, time marches on, and apparently you're going to march with it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. There you have it. There is a um, there is a serious person who says he's immortal could that be you ask yourself could anybody be immortal probably 
Why do I say that? Um, because there are exceptions to literally everything. Everything else on earth that I know of, there are exceptions to. There are people who have had absolutely fatal cancer, who have gone into total remission cancer, gone. There are prostitutes in Africa who are immune to AIDS, immune. They're studying them now. They're immune to AIDS. So for the most deadly things we know of on earth, though there, they may be few, there are exceptions to everything. We believe, many people believe, there is a genetic trigger for age that, that uh, you're programmed to um, have a certain cycle. Uh, building, 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 building when you're very young with uh, cells multiplying. And then uh, at some point, early on actually, the uh, whole thing reverses. Cells begin to die and you slowly begin to die. It's the nature of human, the human being. But not necessarily all. So what do you think? Could there be such a thing as immortals? Or do you think that young fellow... Eternally, would it be cool to be eternally 19? I'm not so sure about that. I'm now 50. I'm half a century. And I like it at 50. I really do, and I don't think I'd want to be 19 again. I remember frustrations and drives at 19 that I'm not sure I could handle for eternity. How about you? Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Rittmeister Gerhardt, conservative in California. Conservative radical. Um, about the carbon dating? Yes. Uh, for radiocarbon dating, we need to deal only with organic material. I kind of thought that was the case. I wouldn't think metals would be. No, be no, dated uh, not way. at all. So, like, the perfect thing for that would be, like, the charcoal remains from a campfire or bone material or, or something like that. I've got you. So I, uh, you know, this is... Uh, well, I'm, I'm, as, I'm, I'm very glad you answered that for us. I was trained as an archaeologist, and I finally got to use it. <laughs> Say, Art, uh, something very serious is going on with the Whitewater trial you may not have heard about. Well, jury's out. The uh, Arkansas Press Democrat, a Clintonista newspaper, uh, there's a reporter in that newspaper uh, who has, in a story, published... The names, the addresses, and even the photographs of the jurors. Oh, that's not good. Listen, I've got a break. You want to hold? Yes, sir. Stand by. We'll be back to you. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. My name is Art Bell. We come to you from the high desert in the great American Southwest. And I guess I've got something I want to say here, uh, something additional. And that is, um, I think that a lot of the other talk hosts that are attacking me are doing so um, because they don't understand. They simply uh, don't understand. 
that occasionally the American people uh, can rise to entertainment. The American people can rise to subjects other than uh, political subjects. They can rise to subjects other than anti-government subjects. That there are other things in life to talk about. There's fun to be had. There are, uh, we get serious uh, plenty of times here. In fact, so very serious. But at other times, I allow the show to drift. I allow uh, fun things to happen. I do things just offhand because I want to do them. And frankly, um, these other talk show hosts are losing um, audience. In fact, talk radio, which is now on top of its game, or at least uh, has been, uh, is beginning to suffer. And I clearly, uh, years ago, understood why and understand why now. It is because everybody's coming at it from this cookie-cutter formula of how it ought to be done. And years ago, I decided I wasn't going to do that. That's all. I just wasn't going to do that, and so I don't. And I do things that two other talk show hosts uh, are outrageous or crazy, <laughs> sometimes crazy. And it's just fun. It's just a reflection, a more general reflection of real life uh, than this constant... Uh, never-ending drumbeat of, uh, frankly, uh, hatred. And I just can't take it. And I, I won't take it. I won't do that five hours a night. And what's happened is that the public, not the other talk show hosts, but the public, the listening public, is receptive to it. Um, everywhere we touch down, we're coming out number one. Uh, Los Angeles in two books, boom, number one. San Diego, number one in survey after survey. Portland, Seattle, uh, Spokane. Numbers that talk radio, uh, frankly, hasn't seen in years and years and years and years. And I'm thankful for it. I just came on and did what I wanted to do, which was have an open forum, not screen calls. To a lot of people, you've got to screen to death. If you don't screen and you don't get in callers who just sound just right, and agree with you in every respect why um, you're, you're just never going to make it. Uh, it's just the biggest fallacy that ever ever was. And any talk show host, in my opinion, worth their salt, can handle whatever comes along. Now, if it's crazy or it's non-productive, you just go on to the next call. But if it's interesting, a little off-center, a little off-beat, a little weird, so what? So what? Why be scared of it? Uh, if... If if you're on your feet, you can handle it. And I guess in a way I'm talking to whatever other talk show hosts are out there blasting away at me. Um, I, I would say to you, you better take a good look at what's working and why it's working. And instead of getting upset at the fact that it's working, uh, examine what you're doing. We'll be right back. Back to Mr. Rickmeister Gerhardt. Uh, you're back on the air. Thank you, sir. Uh, to quickly recap... The jury. There's a trial going on in Arkansas right now on the Whitewater deal. The yes. defendants are Jim and Susan McDougal. Yes. 
who were head of the uh, Madison Savings and Loan. Right. And their co-defendant is the current governor of Arkansas, Jim Guy Tucker. Right. Now, a newspaper in Arkansas called the Arkansas Press Democrat uh, has a reporter by the name of Catherine Keeley, K-I-E-L-E-Y. And this reporter has published a story where the names, the addresses, and even the photographs of the people on the jury have been published. When did that occur? Uh, it was, I'm not sure when exactly it was, uh, this week uh, or uh, maybe even a couple of days ago. Did you, uh, sure. Wait, wait, do you have a copy of it? No, I don't, but uh, this newspaper is on the Internet. So perhaps well, we could find out more from that on that. Well, I don't have a computer. All right. I, I appreciate I appreciate the call, and we'll look for some cooperating uh, evidence of that. That's horrible if it's true. Horrible if it's true. Why would anybody publish the names and addresses of jurors? I will take that with a grain of salt until I know otherwise. Um. I just I, 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 I just can't imagine why anybody would do that. Hi, Art. Tonight on pay-per-view was the Ultimate Fighting Championship 9. It was the most boring one I've seen yet. Yeah, see, they started to get boring, I told you. I've seen better fights at the bingo parlor on our local senior citizen center night. I've had root canals that were bloodier. I'm sure a chupacabra would starve to death on the amount of bloodshed in this competition. I can't wait till UFC 10. Daryl from Portland. Well, I'm glad that I didn't buy it. I watched one of the early ones, and it was really cool. But as the UFC has progressed... It's becoming, it seems to me, more mainline, sort of more rules, you know, and less blood and gore and less, less really let's get it on and until somebody drops. That's what it seemed like in the beginning, and then they moved away from that. It got boring, so I haven't paid my money for it recently. I mean, they ought to just, they ought to just keep it the way they began it. So many things uh, are ruined it seems to me, by change. Hi, Art. On the surface, the Argus project to listen for extraterrestrial radio signals sounds interesting, but the odds of hearing any sort of off-world signals are nearly beyond calculation. I don't know. Here on Earth and through the millions of years of Earth's history, we've been reliably using radio for a mere 70 to 80 years at at this point in time, we're on the brink of moving to digital communication modes that sound just like normal background noise and are indecipherable if you don't have the proper decoding equipment. Now, that's true. Conventional radio may be around another 70 or 80 years. What are the chances of our use of conventional radio technology for 150 years or so? Overlapping with some off-world civilization's use of the same type of technology at some point in the millions of years of their planet's history. Moreover, do we really want anyone out there to know we're here? I understand the Arecibo Radio Telescope in Puerto Rico has been used to transmit radio signals to deep space in recent years. Could this be the reason unearthly, leathery-looking little fellows with red eyes have been lock uh, flocking to Puerto Rico and the Americas? Have the chupacabras 
locked on to the welcoming Arecibo beacon and followed it to Earth, where they found a mother load of warm-blooded creatures to feed upon. Instead of trying to contact extraterrestrial life forms, I think we need to shut off all these radio beacons with their sappy, touchy, feely welcome messages. You never know what kind of scumbags, freeloaders, and or bloodsuckers might show up if you leave your door open and ask anyone to feel free to drop in. Bob in Ketchikan, Alaska. Bob, that, that, that bears some serious thought, and I appreciate that facts. Uh, good morning. You're on the air coast to coast AM with Art Bell. Good evening. Is that Art? Yes, this is Art. Hello. Uh, Wonderful. I have information for you uh, about the machine that the alien used a few minutes ago. Oh, yes? I found it yesterday on the Internet. They are selling telephone uh, that can discuss your voice in 16 uh, different ways for fifty nine ninety five. I just found it by accident. It's called Electronic Gift Shop. And uh, I was just uh, cruising the internet, and I found it. I see. Uh, where, where, I see. Where are you, sir? I'm in Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland. I called you yesterday. Yes, Auckland, New Zealand. I thought I recognized your voice. And uh, I, they, they claim, at least on the internet, that a little girl can disguise her voice as a mature adult, so that if you leave a girl in the house mm. alone. Oh. When people call, they will not think that it is just a girl alone, and you can disguise. The oh, uh, that's 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 a pretty good idea, huh? I thought so. Well, I'll be doggone. All right, thank you very much for that uh, from Auckland, New Zealand, on our international line. So I've got to get one of those. Somebody has sent me an ad here, and I'd love to get one wired into the board here, so I could every now and then do a voice I wanted. That'd be cool. So I'm going to have to get one of those. <laughs> you know me and gadgets. Uh, dear Art, I was shocked to hear that you were disappointed in the first half of uh, the George Carlin cable special. Sounds like you have very strong views about abortion. I guess that would take away from the humor aspect. Too bad. I personally do not share the views either way and enjoyed the whole 60 minutes. Well... I don't know. I guess I do have, um, I, look, I don't, I'm not an extremist with regard to abortion, but I do think that it is the taking of life, and I do believe, if you want to know, that uh, when, when there is conception, that that is the beginning of a life. I believe that. I'm not crazed about it. I don't uh, go marching in front of abortion clinics. That sort of thing. I believe in exceptions for the life of the mother. Rape and incest. I, to me, it's insane to make some woman uh, bear a child after she's been raped. Have we lost our minds? You know, it could destroy that woman forever. Psychologically, absolutely destroy her. Or incest. Do we, do we wish to birth, uh, Impaired children, physically, mentally impaired children? No. No. So I believe in those exceptions. And I, I don't know, an occasional exception if a woman, look, if a woman gets pregnant, despite our best efforts, birth control and all the rest of it, and bearing that child would harm her significantly psychologically, then, uh, you know, when it's a balance of a life versus a life, 
So in other words, I do believe it's life, but I'm not crazed about it. But, but uh, you know, in the first half of... Any of the rest of you happen to see at the Carlin special? George Carlin, I grew up with him, like a lot of you did. And when he was commenting on life in general, he was really funny. You know, our bodily processes, whatever. The guy was a riot. But in the first half of his new special running on HBO... Uh, he takes off on the uh, the abortion question, and I, frankly, I found it, I just, I didn't laugh. It, to me, it was in bad taste, really in bad taste. So that's the way I reacted to it. Maybe it was just my mood at the, at the time, but I thought it was in bad taste. That's me. I mean, I can see that if you were uh, uh, pro-choice, uh, it might be a riot. But I just, I sort of sat there and I didn't feel like it was a riot at all. Just like I don't think eating cats is a riot either. Dear Art, regarding that jerk in Minneapolis who said that he ate cat twice, if he really did, no, if he really did, and they really do, uh, they do serve cat there, then let's hope for an outbreak of especially nasty mad cat disease. Liberals sue in Illinois. Well, I just can't imagine anybody eating a cat. Look, I know they're animals like any other animals, but they're animals that I love, and we all have our hang-ups, don't we? And I know that the Hindus would totally freak if, you know, if, if to eat a cow. Don't do that. But I love cats, and I would never, 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 never eat a cat. Never. I don't even want to hear about it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, Art. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're off the air here in the East, uh, so I'm, I can only guess at your topic. Well, where are you? I'm calling you from East Hampton, Connecticut. Okay. Um, uh, first, briefly, uh, did you come to any conclusions as to if uh, Edgar Mitchell uh, convinced uh, Richard Hoagland or, or vice versa in either way? Well, the interview was... Absolutely incredible, uh, and I'm still digesting uh, the way it went. How much of it did you get to hear? I heard all, all but it kind of faded in and out. I have uh -huh. you on WHAM, which is... In Rochester. Yeah, and, and it kind of goes in and out at that time mm -hmm. of the day. And, yes. Uh, but I heard all but like the last five minutes of it. All right, what we're going to do tomorrow night, and I believe WHAM does carry it, uh, we're going to repeat the interview beginning in the first hour so that the three hours of interview will be carried in total uh, by those radio stations that, that carry the first three hours, typically WHAM, for example. Yeah. Um, it was magical, is all I can say. And I think that Gordon, um, Edgar rather, not Gordon Cooper, Edgar Mitchell, I guess if you want my assessment... Over the three hours, they found more to agree on than I would have thought they could have in a million years. And Edgar Mitchell, um, by the end of it, it's a remarkable thing to hear, yeah. agreed to look more closely at Mr. Hoagland's evidence. Great. Okay? Yeah. So, Can I so, something else? Yes. All right. The quickening. Yes. I have thought for some time that there have been, has been like an increase 
and uh, the life force, if you will, an increase in the rate of dispensation of it or whatever. Right. Uh, and I think that the, the effect in the earth plane, if you will, that uh, that happens is that if you have been searching for the truth and if your consciousness has been raised because of it, I think that the quickening will enlighten you more and more, make you more and more aware of the truth. And I think that if you have not been, if you've been dodging the truth, mm -hmm. and if you've been not really doing what you're supposed to do in the earth existence, and that is to learn and to be, uh, I think that it'll have a destructive effect on you where you become out of control and perhaps flip out, if you will, and, uh, and you know, just uh, commit mayhem, uh, you know, go nuts, uh, get on drugs. Well, we've got a lot of people doing all of the latter, don't we? Yes, we do. All right, sir, I've, I've got to run. Thank you. In Connecticut. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very profoundly serious topic. And there is something very much wrong going on now. And I call attention to it because I believe that that is the only way that we are going to ultimately correct it. Knowledge of a problem always comes before a resolution to it. And the res resolution to this particular problem is only going to come one soul at a time. That's my view of it anyway. But man cannot live by serious, profound, earth-shaking topics. Otherwise, after a while, it becomes totally indigestible. So I try to do things that are fun every now and then. Branch away from the more serious brand of talk radio or politics or whatever it is that the normal fare is out there and just have fun. Now to my alien line. You are on the air. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I have to, I have to admit to something. I, I used to be a bartender on another alien planet. You mean to say, now see right away I'm disappointed because you mean people drink? Well, they don't, but we force them to. You force them to? Yes, sir. And, and a, a, a rum and coke on another planet is called a cubalabre. <laughs> Every time you guys say that word, I think, I can never say the correct pronunciation of that alien because I'm going to say it's a cubalabre and then I'm going to call in and say it and I, I just want to start off with saying I cannot pronounce that word. Well, that's alright. Um, I can barely pronounce it myself. Let me ask you one question. Hmm. On the radio show before you, at least where I'm at, out here in XYZ, there was uh, a guy X, Excuse me, X, a, XYZ? Let me just, let me just say XYZ because I don't want to go into it. Alright. It's a long way away from you. Alright. Anyway, somebody called in on another radio station, uh, Jim Bohannon, if I can say that. Yeah. He mentioned that there is, seems to be a series of things that are happening. Uh, Secretary Brown dies in a plane crash. Secretary Colby dies in a canoe crash. And the head of the Navy... Wait, 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 wait. Let's keep it straight. Uh, he was a retired CIA director, Colby. Well, I'm sorry, but you know, yeah, at the time... Right. And, then, and then, as you point out, the and chief... And yes. the Navy general yes. killed himself, uh, and we're thinking about going into Liberia. Liberia, I'm sorry. We are in Liberia, sir. Well, we're thinking about going crazy there. His, 
what he was trying to say is maybe these deaths are somehow related to that. Mm, the circle of death around Clinton, right? Look, you're not an alien. You're just a political animal. Now, I don't allow people to sneak in on my alien line with political stuff. That's for the other lines. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. This is Gary in St. Joseph, Missouri. Yes, sir. i got a couple of things. Uh, first, is it uh, did something happen or is it just me with this new $100 bill? came out in February. Yes. Our inflation, our recent inflation began then. The stock market shot up over 50, over 65, what was it, 65? Anyway, to record highs. Yes. And uh, I understand that the international dollar was out just before the the uh, domestic dollar was out. That is what I'm hearing. Yes. Well, that's proof to the proof that uh, what people were saying before that they were going to use the international dollar to prop up, or use the 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 national dollar to prop up the international dollar. I believe. Well, I think, uh, sir, what's actually going to happen is that there is going to be a devaluation. There has to be a devaluation. The only way we're ever going to handle the uh, the debt, you know, and the interest on the debt, which will eventually take over every spare dollar we have, is clearly going to be uh, a devaluation. I, that's where it's headed. It seems like inflation makes, the, makes it worse. But anyway, I wanted to get to the uh, free men and the way uh, people seem to want to uh, go in with some kind of a dynamic entry. First of all, I consider these people inconsiderate of the others, of the innocents who are in there. I do too. And, uh, if they're so bloodthirsty and want to find out what hell is like, they need to board up all their windows and nail their doors shut, pour a couple gallons of gasoline in the rug around them, wait a couple of minutes and strike a match. Mm. If they're that bloodthirsty, they want to see how, how much into violence today are then. And these are people who uh, well, I don't know that say they're, they're against violence. I, yeah, that's right. They do. And I don't know that it's fair to suggest that they are bloodthirsty or want a violent uh, end to this. That may not be fair at all. However, the first part of what you said I agree with. And it seems to me that a real man, if he has decided there's going to be this sort of an end, or if there's even a great probability that there's going to be this kind of an end to a standoff would get the women and children the hell out of there. So if you guys are listening to me in Montana, why don't you get them the hell out of there? If you're going to really do this, or even if you think there's a great probability that you're going to end up in a shooting fest with a BATF or FBI, why don't you get the women and children out? Hmm? There was a report earlier tonight that... Um, the women, some women and children are being held against their will. The report allegedly aired on CBS and purported to quote a Bogreitz, 
uh, who was in there as saying that. Now, if that's true, then I'm telling you right now, we have a whole new situation on our hands. Now, I have not confirmed that report. I checked uh, CBS News in the last hour and didn't hear it. So I'm taking it still with a grain of salt. But should that report be accurate, um, then we've got something different on our hands here. Uh, you're on the air coast-to-coast coast AM with Art Bell. Where are you calling from, please? Hi, I'm calling from Edmonton, Alberta. Alberta, Canada. Yes, sir. Welcome. Is this open line right now, or do we have a subject? In no, it's a, no, it's always open line. I don't care what I'm talking about. You want to talk about something else, call. Well, I, I think a great human solution or skill we have to deal with all these problems, whether they're the aliens, the chupacabra, or, or here with that standoff, it's just creativity and compromise. People could say reasoning skills, but I'd say those two kind of sum it up. And anyways, evidence of the quickening along the scallion lines of things, Fort St. John is is a small town up in northeast uh, British Columbia, and they just had a small earthquake there. Supposedly there in that region, they're extremely rare. Mm-hmm. There have been many earthquakes in unreasonable places lately. Mm-hmm. Believe me, even even in the Dakotas, which is very weird. Now, now we have the Concord here at an air show that's supposed to draw a quarter of a million people. No now, kidding. When it goes up there, does it uh, do anything to the ozone as far as you know? I, I, no, I don't believe that it does. Uh, I rode the Concorde to Paris. You did? Oh, I did. It was really cool. Um, I don't think that it does, or other people will make the case that all um, jet traffic um, affects our atmosphere, and I suppose to some degree it does. Well, well, speaking of natural disasters, we had the military helicopters crash a while back. Uh, we, we had the crash of that little girl Cessna, and... Many others, uh, the one recently down in Florida, uh, is it like an extended Bermuda Triangle? Is that a plausible theory? I don't think so. And, you know, you cited several air crashes. But still, you know, I mean, they're so correct when they say it's the safest way to travel. Even if it's white. I'm a white-knuckle flyer. I don't mind telling you. I am. And it's because I'm not in control. Just absolutely not in control. No parachutes, plane goes down, crashes, that's it, baby, you're with it. So I'm a white-knuckle flyer, takeoffs, landings particularly, but white-knuckle period. Man, we were coming back from uh, Tokyo last year. Oh, boy, did we hit some rough air. I mean, and I was in a big 747, I thought the wings were going to come off that thing. It was like, buckle in or you're going to hit the ceiling, and you would have. It's still the safest way to fly. There's, what, 50,000 people killed on the highways? That's where the, most of the people are dying. You're talking about 100, 200, 300, 400 people dying, 500 a year uh, in airplanes, compared to, what, 50,000 or more on the highways? Doesn't doesn't help me, though. I'm still a white-knuckle flyer. <laughs> On my uh, alien immortal line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. Are you an alien or immortal? I'm immortal. Well, you're a little hard to hear, so you, you better get your immortal voice up a little bit for okay, us. Okay, how's that? That's better. Mm-hmm. 
That's better. Now you sound like a real immortal. Yeah. How long have you been around? How long have I been around? Since 1919. 1919? Mm-hmm. And, and yet you sound, well, like you might be in your 30s. No, I'm 77. You're 77? Mm-hmm. How do you know you're immortal? I'm not immortal. I'm mortal. Well, this is an immortal line. What's the matter with you? Sorry. Well, that's all right. Goodbye. <laughs> Didn't he say he was immortal at the beginning of that call? Is not what I heard? I thought he said that. Now, immortal. I'm looking for people that have been here or claim to have been here for a very long time. There are many of them out there, actually. Here's somebody who wants to know what happens if an immortal slips into a coma. Hmm, good question. Good question. Um, on my immortal alien line, you're on the air. Hello. Sorry, Art, I'm just a mere mortal. Well, then you're on the wrong line. Goodbye, you wasted your money. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was just wondering if... Uh, what I've always heard you talk about the quickening. Yes. What... what what are you talking about when you say that? All right. Since you've got your radio on, listen on the air. I will explain it one more time. This was something that I simply concluded a year and a half ago or something. Story after story after story of social degeneration. Children killing children. People taking lives for the hell of it. The cheapening of life, our economic situation coming to a head very soon, I guarantee. Our political situation, the frustration, the cynicism of the people, the earth changes, the new diseases, the a frequency of change in the world, particularly in America. The uh, rapid advancement of technology beyond our ability to handle it socially, all of it, to me, it is the quickening. Just a sort of a handle to get on what generally is going on, and that's what I mean by the quickening. Things are accelerating at an ever-increasing pace, and I'm not the only one who feels it. Most everybody feels it. So I called it one night. I said the quickening. And it just sort of caught on. That's all. No big deal. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Good morning uh, I to wanted you. to talk to you about uh, three things. First of all, I wanted to tell you about uh, the uh, the guys in Montana. Yes. What you got to do is lay back about a mile and a half and just, you know, lay back. You know, set up camp or whatever and just lay back. And in a year or so, they'll have to come out and get food or whatever if they can't grow it there. You know what I mean? They have to come out and get some kind of supplies. Just leave them alone. That's one thing. Secondly, um, the other night somebody talked about a guest host for your show. Oh, yes. Nominate me. <laughs> you nominate yourself, huh? Yes. I'll even, I'll even sleep with, uh, with, uh, comets, you know. I mean, you know, or Motel 6 or whatever, but you know. <laughs> uh, and thirdly, uh, the other day, I was listening to the radio, and another talk show host on another network was slamming you. Oh, well. I have to let you know, I called, and 
driving him out about it. And I said, hey, you know. I get slammed all the time. I know it, but you know, the guy was the guy was saying things about you that I don't particularly agree with. <laughs> well, that's all right. Um, your good close personal friend Paul in Odessa, Texas. Thank you, Paul. Well, thank, right. thank you for de defending me. Who who was it? What I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything against Jim Bohannon for love or money. <laughs> I see. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Take care. I wouldn't tattle on him. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Yo, look. Uh, if people aren't taking shots at you, you're not doing anything. Whether it's Jim or Tom or uh, Michael or any of them. Look. I I really I don't go after others. I don't need to. They feel a need to come after me. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not doing what they're doing. I don't want to do what they're doing. Uh, they have a certain kind of talk radio they're doing, and I have a certain kind I'm doing. There are going to be people who don't like what I'm doing and people who don't like what they're doing. I try to do different things. I'm just absolutely convinced that talk radio, if it continues along the same old, well-worn, tired path of doing nothing but bashing and mashing the government and uh, uh, being as anti-government as it can be, not that that's not sometimes a proper thing to do, because it is, um, but um, uh, just day after day after day, the drumbeat uh, goes on of nothing but politics and anti-government. To me, after a while, that gets boring, and I could not do it for five hours a night. There are other things in life to talk about. Sometimes just to have fun. Sometimes to talk to aliens or immortals. Sometimes to do truth or trash. Sometimes to have people on with weird theories. Sometimes to have guests on that push the envelope. Sometimes just to uh, have fun. In other words, talk radio to me, ultimately, if it is going to survive, is going to have to become more of a reflection of life in general. And I've said this over the air many times, and I'll say it once more. In your life, how many hours a day at the office or at home do you spend with your wife or husband or co-workers talking about politics, bashing the Clinton administration? I'm no friend of this uh, Bill Clinton, but he is. And to sit around and spend all my time bashing him or his administration is not my idea of a good time. To spend all my time bashing uh, government in general and blaming everything on government is not my idea of truthfulness. Oh, it's easy. And it's a populist kind of thing to do. But the fact of the matter is, in my view, we are the government. We are. And what's going on in America right now is more of a reflection of us than it is of those people elected to office. I know that goes down a little hard, huh? So in a lot of ways, the enemy is us. Go take a good look in the mirror. So I don't. I just don't want to travel down the same road that everybody else travels down. I'm not going to do it. And if that causes them to come after me, who cares? Who cares? I'm too old to care, I guess. On my alien immortal line, you're on the air. 
hello, Mr. Artbelt. This is your alien friend. Oh, now I like this voice. <laughs> I like this voice. I send you many a faxes. Do you remember me with my big eyes that I draw? And my brows that hang far and long like in tintas? Yes. Yes, you know to me. <laughs> yes, I recognize you indeed. Now I hear your voice. I really like it. You know, if I was to die, I would take a form of probably the wind until I could find another being in which to inhabit. Well, oh, well now there's an important question. In other words, you can actually take over a being. Yes, that, that right? it, now, said that's bad of me for doing, but I do this. Well, that's what I was. That's where I was going. In other words, the morality of literally taking over somebody's consciousness. Uh, d don't you feel guilty when you do that? See, I do, but I only take over that of female beings. For I am truly female. Um, you're truly female, so you can only take over the being of other females. True. Well, that's very interesting. Is and, and do you, there are some things that have no sex at all, and those things I can also become. But but there's not so much joy in that. I would <laughs> None at all. I hate it when I have to find nobody in which to be in, and I'd be something like non-thinking, just surviving. And I figure that that must be time when I'm just like a cell. What happens to the consciousness or the... the uh, the soul of the person that you take over, is it completely subverted, gone, dead? I believe that the one, this is the time in which I am living in a body of a humankind, and I believe that the humankind body, that the soul that existed in it, died and went to heaven, and that was why I was able to inhabit it. Wow. Um, where, where are you actually from? Are you from here or elsewhere? No, I'm the one who called you two times before and said that I was from the Passion planet. Yes. And the Passion planet, yes. you now call Pluto. Pluto. But at the time in which I lived there, it was warm and near the sun. But there was one who traveled who come back to Earth, and we called him Conquest, evil one he be. How, and and, and how, how, long, how long have you existed in one form or another? I have no bearing of time. I know that in this form that I am presently time, I am of 40 years old. 40? Mm-hmm. And before this, I lived as a fox. I left it that time. Before that, I was in my craft, and I must return to it before I left it. Mm. Not like it should be. Sometimes I think that I should go back to my craft and I should leave this earth, for it fears me much. Mankind scares me more than any other being upon this land. But then other time I say to myself, I do more harm than good should I go and run and hide. Well, uh, you are at least an alien with a conscience. Thank you. So there is a female alien, and now that's rather unusual. We haven't had a lot of female aliens who, in order to continue, must take over a body, a consciousness, a soul as you wish, and feels guilt about it. Hmm. That would be quite a moral dilemma, wouldn't it? Although in most cases, most beings would opt for life. In fact, there's a very, very good question for the rest of you. If, as you grew older, you had the opportunity to co-opt another living being, in effect, take over its mind and its body and its everything that it is, except that it would be your consciousness that would inhabit this body, 
Do you think you would? Or would your moral principles preclude you from doing it? In other words, if you could continue life as you grew older by scoping some 19-year-old somewhere and virtually taking over that person's body, soul, and mind, would you do it, or would your uh, moral code prevent you from such a thing? That's a very interesting question. In effect, yes, killing. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, I'm so thankful that I got through. Well, I'm glad you did, too. Where are you? I'm calling from Wichita. Wichita. I want to tell you how much my husband and I appreciate and love your program. Well, thank you. We listen all the time. And I wanted to ask you, maybe I've missed it and you've told this, but you you remember saying hard copy had come out and photographed your parts? Oh, yes, they arts did. Parts. Yes, arts parts, yes. And had they given you any idea when they would have that on their program? No, I think they're waiting for our written report, and that should be in within days, and then they'll make a decision about whether they're going to air it or not. Look, my program seems to be over. I'm out of time. Uh-oh. Well, not uh-oh. Because do I get to do it? You get to do it. Oh, I'm so excited. Do it. Right now? Now. From the beautiful high desert in the great American Southwest. Good night, America. Mm-hmm.